the heyday of American, Japanese, and Australian arcades. Free Marvel vs. Capcom 2, the best characters not in the game, the death of 2D AAA animation, and why more fighters need a color edit mode. I'm the Well-Read Mage, and this is MageCast. I want to take you for a ride on this ear train back to the golden age of 2D fighting games and the title that may just be the grand champ of them all. It's time to unpack Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. And joining me this time around is voiceover artist, content producer, editor-in-chief of NES Pro Magazine, and regular globetrotter, David Giltonen. He's the Marvel and I'm the Capcom. We tag-team our way through a talk on gameplay depth, ports, taunts, hyper-combos, and much more. From Norimaru to Nina, Howard the Duck to Yonoid, we'll learn more about the game and more about ourselves. What do your top three MVC2 picks say about you? MageCast is the podcast for the lonely, for those who miss the simple pleasure of a shared dialogue. MageCast is a podcast for conversationalists in a world where we've already stopped listening to each other. As ever, you can help support MageCast by visiting patreon.com forward slash the pixels, where episodes are offered in early access before going live for the public. You can also learn more at thepixels.com, the-pixels.com, or find me on Twitter and Twitch at the Mage. Finally, don't forget to check out my latest concept, Gamealogica, exploring video games and religion. Links in the description. Now, let's start the show. Capcom presents, wanna take you for a ride? How's it going, my friends? I do wanna take you for a ride. Get in. We're gonna talk today about Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. And with me, is David Giltonen, the voiceover artist. I got, did I say it? Yep, you did. Yeah. Oh, good. Because <laughs> cool. we were practicing. I was like, the the worst thing is if I screw up somebody's last name, like on recording, then I'm like, I have to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I was going to say like, uh, the get in nerd, like sign to play Marvel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take you for a ride. Marvel. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so David is yeah voiceover artist, content producer, and the editor in chief of NES Pro Magazine. Uh, so technically, my boss that I invited onto <laughs> to the show. David, to treat chat. me right. <laughs> yeah, like I get off the show, he's like, "You're fired." Right. <laughs> the real so, man, kids now. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, maybe so that this is your first time on the show. Uh, yeah. So maybe you could familiarize uh, our listeners with your canon. What have you been up to? Uh, way too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, aside from being the editor in chief of Nespro Magazine and um, you know handling a lot of like you know it's kind of like duties basically that um, you know that you know, try to get like our team together, and make sure that we're getting like that first issue out, and uh, you know kind of getting our, our ducks in a row, if you will, for that. Uh, I've also been uh, working on my first game project, uh, which is actually recently announced called Mato Anomalies. It's uh, basically like a persona-like RPG, basically, and um, you know has a very like anti-capitalist kind of mes- message. It's very like dystopian, uh, very very like a cool kind of like vibe to it. Uh, very anime in a lot of ways too. So uh, if that sounds like your bag, then definitely check it out. It's called Mato Anomalies. Um, nice. And uh, aside from that, I've been working on. Some audiobooks and uh, some book projects as well. I, I'm, I'm actually right now uh, working alongside a French company called Geeksline Publishing, uh, 
uh, to get out their book on the uh, Game Boy and the Virtual Boy. It's basically like a package deal. Uh, you know, it's covering like both consoles and uh, the libraries from those consoles. And um, yeah, like I, I've worked with them before, like for their NES book. And, uh, you know, this, this is like a you know major project, which I'm really happy to be a part of as well. So uh, it's like I said, I'm very busy and been, <laughs> been handling a lot of things lately, yeah. but it, it's been a lot of fun, honestly, too. So, yeah. That's great. I love the diversity, too. I mean, you're like, I'm making a game. I am talking about Virtual Boy. I've got this <laughs> NES thing going on. You're like literally all over the place. That's that's super exciting. Let me I ask you a couple follow up. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's the way to go. Uh, let me ask you a couple of follow up questions. Uh, sure. Mato Anomalies, was it? Mato Anomalies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So this is a really cool looking RPG. I just checked it out. Uh, coming on Steam. So it, it, what are you doing with this? You're doing some voice work. Uh, I wish. Uh, I, I was actually originally supposed to do some voice work for it, uh, both in performance oh, as well okay. as uh, as well as like, the casting for it too, actually. Um, but um, basically what I ended up doing was more of like narrative design. So uh, they basically oh. gave me the original Chinese script and the machine translated English. And I was working with their narrative team over there in Shanghai because that's, that's where the, you know, the, the studio is. And okay. um, so uh, basically I was helping, kind of, you know, basically westernize their uh, like their English and uh, just kind of make it sound uh, like it makes more sense, basically, for a Western audience. Um, and I also got to uh, to rename a character in there, too, who is actually featured um, that uh, who was actually featured very prominently in the trailer itself. Um, so if you saw like a, a pretty cool, like kind of like dark uh, female character in there. Um, her original name was Led Crane in the, uh, in the Chinese script. And I got to rename her to Donna Nightshade to kind of keep with the poison motif because she's kind of like an underground crime boss who has a lot of, uh, under, you know, deep seated, uh, con you know, connections and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, you'll definitely wow. learn more about her later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is cool. It looks like a, yeah, like a persona meets Blade Runner kind of thing. Kind of. Yeah. Out. Yeah. You're not too far off with that. <laughs> That's really neat. Uh, well, it's a shame we won't be able to hear your golden voice in here, uh, <laughs> but hopefully eventually in another project. Um, that's really neat, though, that you've been kind of doing. Well, I mean, what is that localization work, essentially? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, it's localization and narrative design, effectively. And um, when I was kind of looking more into it and getting more involved with the project, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I'm technically a game designer now. So it's, it's kind of nuts. So That um, is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun. It's been great. Nice. When is there a word on when this is coming out exactly? Uh, 2023 is the okay, uh, right. release yeah, window, if you will, for it right okay. now. So uh, we'll definitely learn more later. But yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be bugging you about this, dude. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Bug away. <laughs> cool. Cool. And then with the uh, it's a virtual boy. Uh, are you a virtual boy fan? Like at all? I mean, like, how did, the, how did you stumble <laughs> into this project? Uh, Work so with them before you said. Yeah, yeah. So um, as I mentioned before, I've worked with Geeksline Publishing before on their NES book. Um, you know, si since they're a French company, they needed help with, uh, you know, again, it's like a uh, it's like a localization type of like project. Um, and it basically mm -hmm. clean up their English, make sure, you know, like everything like makes sense. Uh, sentence structure is there and all that. Uh, so I had to do that for their NES book, which is about like 550 pages. So that was like a pretty beefy endeavor, but like, um, you know, after it was done, it like, you know, it, it turned out great. And like a lot of people had, you know, had a lot of great things to say about it. Uh, so now this next book is actually going to be devoted to both the Game Boy and the Virtual Boy. So it's really like combining the two, uh, with like two books, but in a ultimate edition package, basically. Um, 
So uh, yeah, so basically I'll be like cleaning up the English uh, for this. I'll be writing some reviews also for Game Boy and oh, Virtual cool. Boy books. Um, and as far as my experience with Virtual Boy specifically, uh, I certainly played it quite a bit at my local Toys R Us when I was a kid. Um, I got a real sense for how much, uh, you know, my eyes would bleed if I actually did own this piece of hardware. <laughs> so, uh, but the games on it were really, really cool, like Tellero Boxer, for example, or uh, mm. Nestor's Funky Bowling also caught my eye. Um, and there was like a Mario tennis game on there, I believe, and a Wario game too, which I believe the Wario games is basically considered to be like the best game on the Virtual Boy, uh, all things. Yeah, so that's what I would say that, uh, that Virtual Boy Wario Land is, uh, is actually like really good. Yeah. It's a shame. It's just, it's stranded on there. It's stranded on there. Yeah. Just like Snatcher (laughs) on the Sega CD. I mean, we just need more of these games to be like out there and available for people to play. But unfortunately, you know, just that's, that's just the nature of uh, video games. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Uh, well, that is awesome. Um, <laughs> your eyes bleeding. I can testify. I, uh, oh, I see his red. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like you pull it off, you're like, oh no, oh no. Uh, we went on a camping trip trip once when I was a kid. A friend of mine came with, and he brought his Virtual Boy. Oh, wow. uh, unfortunately, I got sick that that first night, so I couldn't sleep. So I actually decided to play his Virtual Boy uh, with his permission. Uh, basically all night long uh, until the sun came up and uh, was really sick the next day, <laughs> as you can imagine, but managed to beat Wario Land, thought it was excellent, uh, played a couple of other games. I think there's two Tetrises, Tetrises, mm-hmm. I don't know, Tetri, Tetri, <laughs> whatever that is uh, on there. So there's some there's some good games. It's just it's a shame, again, that they're stranded on that system. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of hard to play, you know. Yeah, have you seen although, the prices on those now? I, I have. Yeah, they've definitely gone up. And that's just like the retro gaming market in yeah, general. Yeah, you, know, you just wait for anything Oof. to just kind of jack up. Um, but one really cool thing about this book project that I'm working on, though, is that it will actually come with 3D glasses. And there will be like 3D enabled images there for the Virtual Boy uh, screenshots and such. So wow. you'll actually be able to like enjoy the Virtual Boy 3D-ness, if you will, uh, within wow. the book with those 3D glasses. So, yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. I mean, like, not to, you know, not to completely ignore Game Boy. Everybody loves Game Boy. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, nobody talks about Virtual Boy very, mm. fr- very frequently. So I will say is- uh, my my uh, my guilty pleasure on the Game Boy library, though, is Wario Blast. I love, love, love Wario Blast. So. <laughs> Wario Blast. Do I remember Wario Blast? Um, possibly. Uh, you might remember the box art cover because it just shows Wario holding a bomb, and I believe like it's the reflection of Bomberman in the bomb itself. So it's oh. literally just Wario versus Bomberman, but in a Bomberman like title, basically. So yeah. Nice. I know I've seen this. I don't think I've played it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a lot of fun if you get a chance to. So yeah. Nice. Well, some of the check out. Well. Uh, we're not talking about Virtual Boy today. Uh, maybe I'll have to have you back on and we can talk about, uh, man, I would love to do a Wario Land episode. That game is so rad. Oh, yeah. It the whole franchise so is great. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good stuff in there. Um, but yeah, today we're talking about Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Want to take you for a ride. Uh, mentioning that song, uh, it turns out, was kind of like dropping a bomb. There were people like Mebit Gamer who said, no, not that song again, which it gets stuck in your head. It does. Uh, I played it 
uh, for my kids in the car when I pick them up from school and they're just like, can we listen to something else? Like at a certain point. <laughs> no, <laughs> you only listen like, to this song. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a 10 hour version, kids strap in. <laughs> I'm sure that exists on YouTube somewhere. I'm sure. Oh yeah. It has to, yeah. Uh, and my wife is like, oh, I forgot about this song. I was like, well, I remembered it. Sorry. Uh, but Kuiel had, had a funny comment said, uh, can't remember much except for some reason. I associate Janet Jackson with this game. And uh, and I was like, is it because of the want to take you for a ride song? Uh, and Bakuiel had to look it up and was like, oh, that's it. That's it. That's so. <laughs> so maybe we I should get if... Janet Jackson to do a cover of want to take right. you for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel's too. There you go. Uh, Breakman said, can't wait to hear this. Marvel versus Capcom 2 is neck and neck with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate as my favorite fighting game. And I even got a repro disc to play in my PS2 recently. That's awesome. These are also two of my favorite fighting games. Uh, David, mm-hmm. is uh, like how, how highly do you rank MVC2 Ooh. among your favorite fighting games? That's a damn good question. Um, uh, man, uh, so Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is definitely high up there. I'd probably put it in... It's probably in my top three, I want to say. Okay. Um, number one for me personally is probably Capcom versus SNK2. Uh, I just mm-hmm. have a really, really soft spot for that game, especially because, you know, a l- little bit of story. But um, uh, there is a color edit mode in that game, so you can color edit all the characters in it. And um, so I had a ball doing that, and I was actually part of a color edit Capcom versus SNK2 community online. I think it was like a, uh, was it like Angel Fire site or something like that that someone oh, had Oh, wow, yeah, this is way back. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, this is old school. So um, I remember uh, putting together like some, some color edits, um, like uh, King from SNK. Uh, I made her look like Michael Jackson, basically, with the white suit, the black like, uh, like, you know, shirt underneath and all that. So I was like smooth criminal. Um, I had like a, like a version of Rock Howard that basically looked like me. It's made him like with dirty blonde hair and like red, you know, like redder jacket and all this stuff. So uh, <laughs> there was like a Joker Iori I made, I remember. So yeah, I, I, was, I was a big fan of that game. And, uh, you know, I, I love the way it plays. I love the, I love the roster. I love the iterations of the SNK characters in there as well. Like with, uh, with Iori Agami, uh, with Yamazaki as well. It was really, really cool in that game. Um, just really awesome roster, just really, really awesome game, uh, that I have a lot of fond memories playing even in, uh, even in Japan actually. So yeah, it's a lot, lot of fun. Nice. Okay. You mentioned a couple things I got to follow up on there. Sure. A color edit mode. Why is that not in more fighters? Uh, that is a good question. Honestly. Uh, I mean, it is such an underrated mode, I feel like, and, I don't know of any other game off the top of my head that has a color edit mode aside from Capcom versus SNK2. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's very underrated. I mean, like, obviously you have some games, like I think uh, I think Soul Calibur uh, has, like, um, uh, you, like, you're able to, like, add, like, different armor pieces or whatever, I think, from what I remember, like, the newer Soul Calibur games. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, there isn't, like, much as far as, like, editing your character. Oh, there, there's also, like, Injustice 2, actually, because I, I know Injustice 2 has, like, different armor you can put on and different pieces they can uh, put, okay. put on your characters. So there's cosmetic stuff. Okay. Cosmetic stuff, yeah. But, like, when it comes to, like, pixel-based fighters, I mean, like, that color edit mode, like, that was, like, everything to me for Capcom vs. SNK 2. And um, I played that a lot on my Dreamcast, and, like I said, it was part of that community. And, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's very underrated, yeah. Yeah, I... Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, why can't I do this in, like, Smash Brothers? Like, any <laughs> game in which there's going to be, like, eight or ten 
different color variations for a character. Right. Uh, letting the community create their own color edits. You know, it seems like it seems fairly benign too. like, mm-hmm. uh, like sometimes you hand into the community the power of customization and they just go nuts, you know, there's, and then all of a sudden, Oh no, pornography. Right. Uh, like, <laughs> what, well, you weren't ready for that, you know, like right. even they added well, there was like a, a layer. Editing. Yeah. Like if you were to add like layers or whatever to it, cause I think the WWE games uh, have that, mm-hmm. like where you can add layers, like you, you, like you can upload layers and then you can use that when creating your wrestlers and all that. But um, oh, okay. yeah, I, I think it's kind of strict as far as like how, like what kinds of layers you could put on and stuff. So I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's like a reason, like, you know, just like, uh, cause I think there's eight different variation of colors for Smash Brothers Ultimates because it can go Something up like to that, eight players. Yeah. So yeah. that might be the reason why, but I mean, why not just have like a color edit mode and you could just edit over those colors and just make like your own if you want to. And those original colors are still there. I don't know. I'm just saying it would be a cool idea. That's all. <laughs> yeah, me too. I That's like my dream smash now. Now I want them to make another one. <laughs> just, <laughs> smash uh, Ultimate 2. <laughs> smash Ultimate Test. Right. Uh, second thing you mentioned, it Japan? Japan, yeah. So Japan. you have played these games of the Street Fighter, Japan. Uh, you have played these these games in Japan then, in, yes. in Japanese arcades. Uh, wow. Yes, including Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Um yeah, uh, I remember when uh, Capcom vs. SNK 2, uh, when that came out, I was in Japan. I went to uh, uh, what's uh, what's called Akihabara, if you know that area of Japan at all. Um, mm-hmm. That's basically like Game Central. Like That's where like they had the 5-4 uh, big Sega arcade building over there, and that's where I went to. And uh, the third floor, I believe, had all the fighting games. The fifth floor, I remember, was where all the business people were at, and they were basically looking uh, for pro players to... Um, was it to, uh, to like finance or whatever to like sponsor, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that's where like the serious business was going on up at the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like you had like third floor for fighting games. I remember the first floor had all the uh, dance and music games. Um, so yeah, I, I remember playing, you know, playing Capcom versus SK2 there. And then Marvel versus Capcom 2, I, I played in Japan, but I also played it in Australia as well. Um, wow. They had like a whole like a uh, chain of like arcade, uh, like arcade venues there, arcade spots. I, I forget exactly what the name of it was, but I remember going there to play it. I remember going to um, Sega World as well, which used to be a thing in Australia. Uh, there was literally a Sega themed theme park, basically. Um, they had an indoor roller coaster and uh, all these arcade machines. You can get chili dogs because, of course, Sonic and all that stuff. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it was a lot of fun, man. It was it was, it was great, and uh, you know, you're you're kind of like you know helping me kind of bring back a lot of these memories now. So I'm kind of like tying things together, and I'm sorry if I'm going off yeah. track as I'm, as no, I'm mentioning all this no. too. <laughs> yeah, no, this is why why you have a long long form format. Uh, a thing like a podcast where you can kind of pull all this out, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that, yeah, that's excellent. Uh, man, you're a globe trotter. You're, you definitely are a busy guy. <laughs> I've been <laughs> around. There's a thing with this. Yeah. <laughs> you can call me uh, the wanderer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some mage facts here to get us going. I neglected to mention earlier that Marvel versus Capcom two developed and published, of course, by Capcom for the arcades in 2000, then later for systems like Dreamcast, PS2, and Xbox. Uh, But notably, first mage fact, Dreamcast had the first home port uh, before it came to other systems. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was huge. Um, 
I did not really want a Dreamcast. Uh, I had not owned, I think, any Sega platform. Or no, I had a Game Gear uh, up hmm. to that point. I had a Game uh, and Gear had too, some, yeah. <laughs> ah, brother, brother, and some experience with Genesis. Uh, hmm. of like a tiny experience with Saturn. Like I knew one kid that had Saturn. Hmm. Uh, and you play Guardian Heroes, and you're like, this is cool, but I don't know if I want to spend like five thousand dollars just to <laughs> right. buy a whole new system, you know. Like when a, you're a kid, like or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, like money doesn't exactly stretch a ton when I was like ten right. years old. So we're talking nineties uh, money here. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like how many lawns do I have to mow in like right. sweltering Hawaiian weather? I I don't think so. Right. Uh but the Dreamcast comes out. Um I remember thinking the the logo, the swirl logo looked a little goofy mm. and the controller looked a little silly to me too. And I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But Mage but then, is thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember going into a GameStop or GameStop, a game shop. I don't think they had GameStops back then. Uh, might have been like KB Toys or something. And mm, there was the maybe. Dreamcast, something like that. I, you know, I don't know. They had the Dreamcast display and they had it. They had Marvel versus Capcom 2 for the thing. And I, I had played it in the arcades and I was like, oh, I want that so badly. And mm-hmm. I kid you not, I almost tried to get the console just for this one game. Had no idea that it would ever be, you know, what we call now a timed exclusive or it was going to be coming to PS2, right. uh, which I did have a couple of years later. Um, but yeah, that I, that that I think it w- was huge having it exclusive on Dreamcast for a little while. Uh, there was a comment here from Random Links. I'd play that on the Dreamcast, and it'd destroy my thumb. Which <laughs> was the Dreamcast controller a little rough, Ex- like a little extra rough. Yeah, I mean it's not as bad as I would say as the N sixty four controller is. Uh, I, I would yeah, still argue that worse. the N sixty four controller, like by far, is like the worst worst controller uh, as far as first party controllers go. Um, but the Dreamcast, like it wasn't, I, I like for me, it wasn't terrible. It was, was it the best? No. Was it on the, the, on the lower side of the spectrum? Yeah, probably. Um, but you know, uh, as far as like playing, uh, like, you know, games like Marvel versus Capcom two, that's why for me, I actually had it at, uh, uh, a, uh, an arcade stick actually. Like I actually had like a Dreamcast arcade oh, stick. Oh, there you go. And, uh, it actually had like a VMU slot as well. So you could put your VMU, um, like it's, it's like the memory unit basically for the Dreamcast into it. And, uh, just kind of, you know, make sure you keep all your, you know, saves and your, uh, unlocked characters and all that stuff. Cause I think you had to, had to unlock characters in Marvel's Capcom 2 as well. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of, so you actually did play it on Dreamcast then. That's oh, cool. yeah. Yeah. I played it in Dreamcast. I played it at the arcade. Um, in fact, I'll I'll share one story here. Um, sure. When I when I was in Australia, um, I went to uh, what was called King's uh, was it King's? Not, it's not King's Row because that's Overwatch. Uh, King's Court, I believe it's called. Um, it's a very uh, very famous uh, red light district actually uh, over in Australia. I believe it's Brisbane uh, is where it is uh, specifically. And uh, they actually had an arcade right there in the middle of the red light district. And our hotel was like, you know, was like right in the area. So I was, you know, I, I basically just told my mom, I was like, yeah, I was going to go to the arcade there. I saw that, that they, you know, that they had an arcade there. And so I remember that was like some of the first memories I had playing cable because I was really excited to play cable in Marvel versus Capcom 2. And, you know, I was getting my my cable loops going. I was like practicing like I do the supers and all the moves and all that stuff. And 
Meanwhile, there's like all these like shady looking women just kind of like running from like, you know, from where they work essentially to the pharmacy, <laughs> you know, that's next door. <laughs> and it was just like, man, this is kind of crazy. And like back then I had the uh, like I had like polyester shirts on. It's like those polyester shirts you buy in Hot Topic back in the day. You know? <laughs> and uh, I had like this this bouncer dude like outside one of the uh, establishments, we'll say. Uh, say it's just like, hey, nice threads, man. It's like, oh, yeah, thanks. It's like, you want to come inside? It's like, no, nah, I'm just here to play some Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah i heard that no she's thanks. cool man yeah <laughs> so, yeah that no, yeah, was fun yeah nice wow uh was that so was that the earliest that you can remember encountering this game i would say that's one of my earliest memories playing it yeah okay. um yeah. yeah i mean i remember playing it i think in another part of japan before that and um yeah but otherwise i think like the first time i ever played it was in japan actually so yeah okay wow Wow, wow, wow. I wasn't too far away from you with uh, playing it for the first time. I was in Hawaii, and I remember it was at a fun factory, um, which I have not seen since. Uh, the fun factory chain, I don't know if those are even still around. Mm, but I never heard of them, actually, no. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was only in Hawaii or only, like, the West Coast of the U.S. I don't know. Uh, but I only remember seeing them in Hawaii. And it was kind of like the, like themed around like the rinky dink classic like circus um sort of thing uh but you know back then when i didn't really follow magazines again poor kid like i wasn't i wasn't buying magazines i would read them at the library when they're already months or years old Hmm. uh or whatever um i didn't follow news or anything like that on the internet so when my local arcades got a new game, it, I would find out when it was at the arcade. So you would have no idea that something was coming. So I remember there were times I'd go to the arcade and be like, eh, I've played this. I beat that. Uh, there's nothing really interesting here. You just kind of mm-hmm. hang out, and put tokens in a few things. Right. Uh, and I remember coming there, you know, uh, on one fateful day and they had two cabinets for Marvel versus Capcom two back to back right at the entrance uh, of the, of the arcade. And it was just surrounded by kids. Every time there's a new game, you know, <laughs> the kids come around and they just kind of hover and it's hard to get in on it yourself. Uh, but it just looked so cool. It really did. Uh, it was everything that I loved about the previous uh, versus games, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but most important thing for me was it had Mega Man in it. Which is maybe the reason why I also like Smash (laughs) very much. Yeah, (laughs) also has Mega Man. Well, Mega Man was also in um, in in Marvel vs. Capcom One too, actually. Yes, and And very excited that he got to to come over after that roster. Yeah, Uh, his sister didn't make it, as I recall. She's not in that. I mean, roll is she in in, two or no? She she is in two. Yeah, because 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 two. yeah, because Mar- Marvel Two is basically like the Smash Brothers Ultimate of the Marvel series, more or less. Uh, it it literally yeah. includes everyone who used to be in the previous games. Uh, ev- everyone except for a very specific Japanese character that we talked about before recording. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect places any to bring that up. I actually had forgotten that that role is in this game. I'm delighted mm-hmm. that she is, because uh, I used to play her on uh, Marvel vs. Capcom One. Um, but yeah, so you mentioned <laughs> when we're talking about kind of the original characters that were added in in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, uh, you mentioned this character that I was like, I've never heard of that before. Uh, and it was Japanese exclusive to what game now? Uh, I believe it was Marvel Super Heroes vs. Street Fighter. Um, okay. 
It was Nori Maru. Nori Maru, I believe. Yeah, it's very very Japanese designed character. Um, yeah, Nori Maru. Uh, <laughs> he basically looks like a Japanese businessman with like a messenger bag. Uh, kind of a, a flamboyant kind of like way of posing, and uh, he has glasses and. Yeah, he basically just looks like a salary man, basically from from Tokyo. <laughs> so. That is very interesting. Yeah, uh, I believe I, I believe I believe he's actually based on a real person. By the way, I think he's based on like a real comedian. I believe over in Japan. Yeah, yeah. looking at it right now, uh, Noritake Kinashi, uh, Japanese comedian, mm-hmm. evidently. So that's interesting. I it's kind of obvious as to why they didn't bring that over in the American version. Yeah. <laughs> probably would just would have confused people over here, but More that is like interesting. Like a talking cactus, like uh, with um, yeah, a, a mango, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we need something more appropriate for North America. How about a talking yeah. cactus? <laughs> a Japanese salary man. It's like that's too weird. A talking cactus. All right, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, a couple other comments here. Live average gamer said, "I wanted a GameCube just to play this game." Uh, so mm-hmm. kind of similar experiences to mine with uh, GameCube and Dreamcast there. Terrence Harkin asked, which home versions have you played and which is the best home version? So I have played the Dreamcast version. Mm-hmm. I've played it on PS2. Uh, and I think that's it. How many home versions have you played? Um, well, obviously the Dreamcast. I obviously played the arcade version as well. Um and honestly, like the Dreamcast and the arcade version are almost one to one. Like, it, like the the Dreamcast, um, you know, I'll just kind of say real quick is is you know was like an amazing console just because of how it was able to get like these arcade perfect type games basically for the first time really, um, you know, have it as arcade perfect as possible pretty much at the time. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise I played it on the original Xbox. I believe I played it on the Xbox 360 as well because it did come up for 360 as well as the PS3. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I, I, did most of my playing honestly on the dreamcast and, um, second to that would, 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 uh, would have been the arcade. Um, and I could say at least by far, at least from the versions that I have played, cause I think I tinkered around with the PS2 version as well, like over at a friend's house, um, mm-hmm. that the dreamcast one is, is, uh, probably the best one as far as like home ports are concerned since, um, uh, one thing that a lot, you know, a lot of people might not realize is that um, the Dreamcast version and the arcade, uh, the original arcade version of the game were basically made uh, like in tandem, more or less. And uh, it was under like the same, um, was it the same like a uh, chipboard or whatever? It was called like the Naomi board, I believe. Um, hmm. And uh, basically like that, you know, it, it basically allowed like the games to be like almost one to one, like with like very, very little caveats here and there, but nothing that's really noticeable. So, yeah. Wow. Amazing. And I'd heard kind of whiffs of that. Uh, I'm not really much of a hardware guy. I'm more of a, you know, software critique guy. I like but, games. Uh, yeah, I like <laughs> games. You want to talk about stories? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the I think that's kind of seems to be the general consensus that the, the Dreamcast version is the most authentic of mm-hmm. all of the home ports. Uh, it's not one that I've spent a ton of time with. But when I played it, I was like, ah, okay, this pretty much feels exactly like the arcade version. Yeah. Um, I spent a ton of time with the PS2 version, which I think if you're uh, a layman, like I consider myself in the fighting game community, mm-hmm. uh, or you don't know too much about hardware, then it's it's pretty passable yeah. as well. It's but, still very, uh, I mean, I mean it's, like, it's still very playable, but I guess like for, yeah. for people like me who are like arcade rats and we like lived in the arcade yeah. and love that arcade um, 
uh, that whole arcade vibe, I guess, um, you know, having that closest to the arcade experience at home was like, that was big. That was like a huge thing. Like even way back in like the SNES days, and like, you know, playing street fighter two on, on the SNES, like that was a big deal at that port because that was like, Oh my God, you basically made it like as close to the arcade as possible on this hardware. Like it's incredible. So what, yeah. what they did with street fighter two for SNES. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I both know that arcade ports weren't always, uh, hits sometimes there were very much misses <laughs> totally. so having one that was really authentic and and accurate uh is is a job well done for sure mm-hmm. joypad lad is back in action yes the good guy of retro gaming stores is back in town you need to head over to joypadlad.com to find your latest gifting including self-gifting needs he's got all sorts of comic books merchandise toys licensed and unlicensed doodads video games galore and he's constantly adding to his store be sure to visit and use the code red10 that's red10 to get 10 percent off your order tell him the red mage sent you uh next factoid here uh marvel vs. capcom 2 is part of capcom's versus crossover fighting game series say that 10 times fast <laughs> uh which includes other marvel vs. capcoms street fighter versus snk X-Men versus Street Fighter. Uh, many of these borrow heavily, evidently, from... I was trying to trace it back. Like I was like, what was like the first one? Uh, was it X-Men Children of the Atom? That's the one. Yep, that's where it originated that's from. That's the one. Oh, my goodness. Dude, Iceman in that game was my jam. Because you I could mean, just Iceman spam was that like stupid illegal. giant... <laughs> Yeah, right. I, I don't I think he took any putting... chip damage in that game, and like he could chip you out super easily with his uh, was an Arctic attack, and like just yeah, freaking Arctic blast attack. you. Like yeah, <laughs> every time you play that character, you only need to know two moves, and that was great. I was like, you know, I was a kid, so I'm I like, I don't, I can't, yeah, I can't memorize all these things. I'm coming from an RPG perspective. I'm like, slow this game down. So like, all I really need to remember is that giant like snowball that it could make that forms like half the screen. Right. Uh, right. And then the, the Arctic attack, you know, and well, that, just I mean, I mean, that was like the, the, uh, like really like what grabbed like a lot of people into the versus series in general. And, uh, by like the versus series, I really mean like the Marvel versus series. Um, mm-hmm. cause, uh, even though like that comment, it mentions like, uh, Cap, um, uh, Capcom versus, versus Capcom versus SNK, uh, even though it has verses in the title, um, you know, whenever you say versus series, it's always like the fast paced Marvel character based ones, you know? Um, oh, okay. You know, so like, it, like whenever you think of like those games, you think of like big beams and things that fill up the screen and like, you know, characters doing crazy over the top moves and, you know, being fast paced and all that stuff. Um, I mean, that's what grabbed like a lot of people who even aren't fighting game fans and obviously having the Marvel characters in there helps a lot too. So, yeah. Yeah, the recognizability. I mean, because we were watching X Men in the '90s, right? And mm-hmm. I loved Cyclops. I loved Wolverine, and seeing them in this game in fairly accurate, you know, getups yeah. uh, for the TV show uh, was a lot of fun. And a uh, fun fact, by the way, they got the same voice cast to voice those characters in the games. Oh, really? To do things like optic blast and stuff like yep. that. Yep, that's that's <laughs> the same. Garage. That's like the same wow. person who voiced Cyclops, who plays Cyclops and X Men: Children of the Atom, and so forth, and you know Wolverine, Storm, all of them. So yeah. Oh, so I didn't know that. So is that just for the West, or like what do they say? Do they shout like Japanese um, words in the Japanese version? No, I, I think they still uh, speak in English, but um, okay, uh, you know they'll obviously have like um, what is it? Um, 
you know, they'll also have like Japanese text, like if there's like an ending playing or something like that. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I think like cool. people over, um, like over in the East, like realize like, oh yeah, these are Western properties. So obviously they're going to speak in English. So whatever. You know? <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were foisting, you know, Japanese characters on us all the time. So exactly. Yeah. 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 It only it, makes it, sense. It, 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 like, it's, it's all fair game as far as I'm concerned. Like I'll, like I'll watch like, most anime in the original Japanese. And as far uh, as like Western cartoons, it only makes sense to have them speak in English. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, let's see. We got a, we got a beefy question here. Uh, this is probably more your territory again, like, and this is going <laughs> to already I've made blunders. Uh, so this is going <laughs> to become apparent over the course of the podcast that I'm not very much a, a fighting game kind of guy. I like certain fighting games. Uh, mm-hmm. I like certain fighting party games, smash brothers. Um, but you seem definitely more versed on a lot of this stuff. So this is a question here for you. Sure. Uh, from Julius the Orange, who said several people who play Marvel versus Capcom 2 at a high level have gone on to be involved in creating similar fighting games. Peter Rosas was associate producer on Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Daniel Maniago and Long Tran worked for Enway on Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Bandai Namco or Arc System Works might also have team members who grew up with MVC2 and then made Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I'm not just not aware of who. <laughs> uh, which of these games do you prefer? Do I prefer? Oh, uh, yeah. Let me see. So I have all that. So Peter Rosas, uh, also known as Combo Fiend, um, he uh, he was an amazing player when he was like competing as well. But yeah, now he actually works for Capcom. Um, or I believe I'm not sure if he still works for them, but uh, last time I checked, he he's there. Um, Long Tran, uh, Long Tran, I actually uh, interviewed before uh, for my for my blog back in the day. But yeah, he was a super nice guy. Um, yeah, uh, Battle for the Grid, because uh, I know uh, Battle for the Grid, they actually did get some professional fighting game players actually to get involved with the development for that game to make sure it feels as legit as possible for those players. Because uh, I know that Justin mm-hmm. Wong is also, uh, you know, was also very much part of like helping fine tune the gameplay as well. And Justin Wong, if you don't know, is also a very well known uh, pro fighting game player. Um, and uh, what else? There, Bandai Namco, Arc System Works, uh, with MV- oh, who grew up with MVC two, then made Dragon Ball Fighters. Right, right. Uh, yeah, Dr- Dragon Ball Fighters is uh, is, a, is a very solid game. Honestly, uh, that was definitely like you know fun to kind of mess around with and play. Although I, I never played it like super seriously, but I still I you know still enjoyed it. Um, I guess out of all those games mentioned with Marvel Infinite, uh, Power Rangers, and Dragon Ball Fighters, I probably go with Dragon Ball Fighters out of those three personally. Um, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, unfortunately, was kind of like drowned in a lot of um, controversy, uh, namely mm-hmm. with uh, not having X Men characters. And um, the reason gave, you know, the, the reason that was given uh, for not having X Men characters in there was because I think like some producer or something said that they could basically switch out like types of characters and it would still be fine. But really, when you think about it, people buy fighting games for the roster. A lot of cases, yeah, you know, yeah, they want really cool answer. characters well, and they want to be able to play those characters. Exactly. Because yeah. like you, you basically yeah. chalked it up to, oh, well, we're going to have like a long range keep away character and instead of having like, say, like Cyclops or whatever was with, with Optic Blast. We'll have like Winter Soldier because that's what's hot right now. MCU, baby. And like, you know, yeah. uh, all, all that <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, I mean, like it, it's just things like that. Um, it wasn't a great answer. Um, you know, the game didn't look great either compared to previous Marvel games. Um, they were very yeah. clearly going for more of the 
grounded MCU style, but mm-hmm. still have it be a Marvel versus Capcom game. And I think for a lot of people that didn't really jive well with them. Also, too, Marvel Infinite was announced and was you know ramping up as well, like it was having previews and all that. Uh, at the same time as Dragon Ball Fighters, and Dragon Ball Fighters, honestly, for a lot of people, felt more like a Marvel versus game as opposed to Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. So. Yeah, uh, I I didn't touch Infinite at all. Uh, as much as I loved Marvel vs. Capcom 1 and 2, uh, I remember getting a look at Mega Man and just being like, hey, that's Mega Man X. Oh, wow. That is ugly as sin. Yeah. Like, it's just You cannot <laughs> take, you know, Mega Man X and just be like, hey, what happens if Mega Man X was like in an MCU movie? And, yeah, yeah. I mean, the way that you phrased that made a lot of sense, though, that like... <clears throat> I get they're trying to capitalize on this film universe and, you know, draw in kind of fans from that and may borrow some of the, you know, the visual flair of that as well. But then trying to smush other characters into that, there's yeah. just a lot of really like it looks really stiff and yeah, yeah. it's just not. Really I mean, appealing. from what I've seen and from, you know, from what I've heard from some people like who are like very much into it, because I've, I've dabbled in it myself too, just to mm-hmm. kind of get, you know, feel for it. Um, I mean, like it's, it's not necessarily stiff. It's just kind of different and people don't really like how the, um, what's it called? There's like the Power Stone, uh, like, um, like, like there's like the Power Stone gameplay element in there as well, like the Affinity Stones, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh yeah, I mean, like you, you're you're either kind of like into it or you're not, and I think for a lot of people they just weren't, and it just wasn't, it just didn't catch on as say like Marvel vs. Capcom three when that came out like many years after Marvel vs. Capcom two, and people are like, when's Marvel three? You know, and then finally they announce yeah. it, and it's like the biggest announcement ever. So yeah, yeah. Now that takes us to Marvel vs. Capcom three. Uh, well, how did you feel about three? Oh God, um, I love three personally. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember when that game was first announced, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they showed Deadpool in it and I'm a big Deadpool fan. I was just like, oh, my God. OK, well, now <laughs> now you got my attention. You know, I'm like uh, I'm like Leonardo DiCaprio over here is just like, it's like you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. It's <laughs> <You know? laughs> like Deadpool facing off against Dante in the bar. There's glass shards flying all over the place. And then later on, um, you know, later on, and like this was also kind of like a controversial moment when they bring in uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. And it was only like, I think, like nine months after the release of the original Marvel 3. And, uh, you know, that kind of left like a bad taste in some people's mouths as well. But I was personally excited with the fact that they were adding certain characters like Phoenix Wright from the Ace Attorney series. I was like, what? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like Ghost Rider and like um, there was Nemesis as well from the Resident Evil series. And it's it it you know, it cool. Like the characters that they were adding in there is just like maybe a bit too early. <laughs> you know, mm. <laughs> it kind of like felt like a milking, you know, they're not used to, uh, you know, people aren't used to Street Fighter 2 getting getting all those, those yeah. different versions. I mean, I guess like some people, like even if they did remember that, um, that uh, they thought that, oh, this is a different Capcom. They don't do that anymore. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, they got a good thing going and especially fighting games are like, yeah, let's come out with a whole new physical release. And now they don't even need to do that because, you know, they kind of, go, you know, now fighting games can kind of go like the Street Fighter five model, if you will, like where, you know, mm-hmm. you just buy the DLC, you buy new characters as they become available and it's all within yeah. the same game. So, yeah. Yeah. Put the put the old Street Fighter Two curse to rest. Yes. So I I do own Marvel vs. Capcom Three, uh, and I suck at it. 
<laughs> I, I'm terrible. I I mean, like I, I was never amazing at the earlier ones, but I could play against kids in the arcade. Mm-hmm. I could play against my older cousins at, you know, on home ports in one and two. But then when it came to three, there was just something about it that I could not wrap my brain around. Maybe I had gotten older to a point to where whatever ability I actually had that could apply to these games was just rusted and gone. It was a good amount um, of time that passed since Marvel Tomb and it Marvel was. Landed, yeah. So, yeah. And I'd played a couple fighting games since, but maybe just not enough to keep those skills active. Um, the other thing that that just bugged me with Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and maybe I'll capture your thoughts on this as well, mm-hmm. was, um, you know, you look at Marvel vs. Capcom 2. It is it's gorgeously 2D with those those characters. And yeah, you have these like 3D, you know, backgrounds moving around and doing all kinds yeah. of things. Um, but it's still, you know, on a 2D plane and and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I feel like once we got to Marvel vs. Capcom 3, losing the 2D sprites, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like I'd been cut to the quick. Um, yeah. Probably too much of a purist for that. But how do you feel about like the look of MBC 3? I like the look of MVC 3 because... Um... I mean, you have to understand too, and I'm sure you do, but uh, just for like the sake of the audience, that um, mm-hmm. sprite-based work tends to be pretty expensive, especially when you're doing yeah. a lot of sprites um, or you know mm-hmm. sprite-based backgrounds, all that stuff. Like, and, and, and you know, honestly, I'm sure that's why they went with 3D backgrounds um, for for Marvel vs. Capcom 2, because it's just cheaper to do that. You automatically basically plug in the sprites that you already have from previous games into Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I mean, just look at Morgan. I mean, like. With right. Morgan, her, <laughs> her sprite has been reused since like basically the first Darkstalkers, you know, yeah. <laughs> That's basically the same sprite, except maybe uprezzed, maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like just things like that. And like, you know, that's when people kind of come up with like nicknames for Capcom, calling them lazy and all this stuff, you know? And yeah, I mean that, you know, that's, that's, you know, it doesn't exactly help that case, you know, but um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, like you, I do love sprite based work. I think it's great. I, you know, I, I super, you know, I super appreciate it, but, uh, I think it's almost, um, not quite gone the way of like, say like stop motion animation, but it's kind of heading there <laughs> in a lot yeah, of ways yeah. where it's just too expensive to do for a lot of these big studios to make like a full feature thing, whatever, maybe mm-hmm. like a movie or game or whatever, uh, out of that. Um, but uh, when you do get to see it, it's just like, oh, wow, cool. And that kind of brings you back. And like when, when it's actually done right, this is like, OK, this is like this is art, you know, capital A. Yeah. Art. Yeah. I mean, and and somebody who was on top of their game with that, that specific art was Capcom. I mean, Darkstalkers, mm-hmm. gorgeous. Like yeah. the the sprite stretching, those like Disney level and like the like Renaissance Disney. Yeah. yeah. Level animations on those characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, and like I used the word stiff earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. and there was just kind of like some sort of stiffness when I played to the characters, Mm -hmm. when I played Capcom three, it's an interesting Marvel vs. Capcom three. That is, Mm -hmm. uh, it is an interesting, um, statement to say that, you know, this is, this is just the way that things are going and it is expensive to do pixel art for games of these sizes. Now, um, that's a, just a darn shame. I feel super old right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm right there with you, honestly. And um, yeah. I mean, like as far as like what you're saying before, though, about like the visual style of Marvel three, um, I think that's pretty much as good as as you can really kind of hope for, I guess, because they really kept to a comic book style of the game with the heavy black yeah, outlines, with the, the dark you know, shading, yeah, yeah, the dark shading, yeah, the lining and yeah. all that stuff. 
like this very like very clearly feels like something that's ripped out of a comic book and i, I think that visual style just works super well for that mm. and um to see that you know kind of like you know go from that to what marvel marvel versus capcom infinite turned into you know it's kind of clear downgrade even though they were clearly reusing assets from that game too because a lot of the same characters came back and they were clearly the same models but they read you know redid them so they fit the style that they have for marvel infinite so you know it is what it is Mm. yeah (laughs) i mean yeah you you do have to give three its credit that that is uh i think it's unique like when you see a screenshot from three you're like oh of course this is marvel versus capcom three it doesn't really look too much like other fighters um, because of the, the yeah the really heavy blacks on these characters, mm-hmm. um, so there's that. It's definitely it's definitely a tier above Infinite in my opinion as far 100%. as the visuals go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next factoid here: hashtag Free MVC2 was a movement. Is a movement uh, <laughs> to bring Marvel vs. Capcom 2 to modern consoles. Hopefully, is a movement because um, uh, this yeah. needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, I would say it still is a movement. Um, okay. It's just that it was at its loudest uh, earlier. But um, mm-hmm. as far as I know, it's still like a thing as far as like people like, you know, trying to push Capcom to uh, release Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on modern consoles. And I'm sure, you know, I don't have to explain to people, but, you know, it's very difficult to do that when you have the Marvel license tied to it. And, <laughs> you know, you have to kind of go by what Marvel says as far as what you can do releasing game under their name and their characters and all that stuff. So uh, that's always kind of the, the tricky part of it, um, you know, which is a shame because, again, like the last time that we saw Marvel versus Capcom 2 was on the uh, was 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 two generations ago, the Xbox 360 and the PS3, um, mm. you know, and I played those games on there, too. Like that was the last time I played them on, on my 360, I remember. And, uh, you know, it, it is such an iconic game. Like so many people love it. It's, it's still yeah. it's still beloved today, you know, clearly even by non fighting game fans, you know, which says a lot. So um, hopefully there, there could be something to kind of figure out with that. I know there have been talks about doing like a um, like a Marvel versus um, was it a collection kind of thing. And I, I think there was something with like a was it um, Marvel superheroes and uh, X-Men versus Street Fighter, I think was. A, no, I think it was Marvel, Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter plus some other uh, X-Men related game or something like that. I forget. I think it was X-Men versus Street Fighter, Marvel versus Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter. Um, in one package um, that was for 360. I remember. I think that's what it was, maybe. But I don't know. But yeah, yeah. They just put out that uh, Capcom Fighting Collection. Did you pick that up? Uh, I chance? didn't. No. Um, mainly just because I've just been too busy lately with like yeah. a bunch of things. But uh, <laughs> it, it is a really cool collection, though. I mean, especially if you're a Dark yeah, Soccer fan. Cool because oh, which I am absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's got like pretty much every. Thing, dark stalkers you could ever want uh in that collection and you know obviously there's cyberbots in there there's um there's gem that was a, i think they either call it gem fighter or pocket fighter i forget which one uh as well as a super puzzle fighter is, is on there too and you can play people online too which is awesome yes um that's probably yes. the biggest selling point honestly for a lot of people who are like into fighting games is that you're releasing a, a collection of these old games and adding um, and adding like, uh, you know, like online capability with it too. And, uh, from what I heard, like the online is really great too. Uh, cause it's like rollback netcode, I believe, uh, is what they're using. And, um, okay. that's basically like, you know, becoming now finally after so many years, uh, the standard as far as like, uh, online fighting is, is concerned. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, we were just on the last episode talking about the Kawabunga collection coming mm-hmm. uh, in August, mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, again, a bunch of 
you know, old games that they're adding online play to that completely kind of changes the dynamic. Cause in this day and age, I don't know about you, but it's hard to get a co-op game going, you know, couch co-op sitting <laughs> in the friends. same room with somebody. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's <laughs> like one of my favorite jokes is nobody ever talks about uh, the miracle of Jesus having 12 close friends in his 40s <laughs> or in his 30s, rather his 40s. Screwed that up. His That's 30s. a real miracle right there. Right? Yeah, 12 <laughs> like, friends? <laughs> yes. Walked on water, you know, multiplied bread and fish, but having 12 close friends when you're 33 is right. like, now that's, that's a <laughs> Yeah. I, <laughs> I've got like two, one and a half. Right. Uh, and hardly ever see them. But uh, yeah. So adding the online play to these uh, is, is, is I think just wonderful. I would really love to pick up this Capcom fighting collection. It is a shame that there's no Marvel versus Capcom on there. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, you're right. Like looking at, you know, like you were like, I shouldn't need to explain this to anybody, but uh, <laughs> licensing is going to be humongous on this thing. Totally. Uh, you've got all these Marvel characters. Um, and then on the Capcom side, too, I mean, thank goodness Capcom's the developer publisher. Um, but you still have, you know, characters from dead franchises. Um, I don't know if Darkstalkers is considered dead at this point, but uh, mm. largely. <laughs> got, Largely. Yeah. I mean, there have been talks, obviously, bringing back Dark Stalkers as well, like from hardcore mm-hmm. fans. But um, I mean, that's one of those things like where you also have to kind of consider from a business standpoint where Capcom is at and, um, you know, how how much in dire straits they were not too long ago. Because uh, remember, they had to get financing from Sony to get um, was it Street Fighter five made. And that's why Street Fighter five was a PlayStation exclusive, because uh-huh. Sony had to pony up money to Capcom to get that game even made. So, wow. you know, it just kind of showed, you know, and obviously there have been like rough spots, obviously, with how Marvel versus Capcom Infinite came out. Uh, Street Fighter V didn't sell well originally either because that had kind of not really a botched release, but kind of a botched release, you know, um, mm-hmm. with a, I think there's like a lack of story mode. And that's why they kind of shoehorned a story mode into Marvel Infinite. And that was terrible. <laughs> you know, it was a really bad story mode. Um, yeah, I mean, they like sales for their fighting games in general have not been good lately. And so that's Mm -hmm. why they've been focusing more on street fighter and nothing else really. So it is kind of a, kind of a miracle really that we got this Capcom fighting collection really and showing off dark stalkers and Cyberbots and red earth, like all these like other, like, you know, Capcom fighting games that like either people remember or they don't, or like, you know, haven't been talked about so long or whatever. And it just, you know, obviously gets people's hopes up and all that. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, Capcom still remembers these games at least, you know. So maybe yeah. some, maybe sometime down the road we'll get a Capcom 3D fighting game collection. It'll have, like, Rival Schools and Power Stone. And that's my dream right there. So Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, one can hope. One can hope. It is one nice to know that these companies, like, again, with the Cowabunga collection, it's nice to know that these companies remember these things existed. Mm-hmm. once upon a time but man we were spoiled back in the day oh yeah big time uh, yeah uh so hopefully we'll see eventually these things coming uh i would agree with darkwing j who commented we need a marvel versus capcom collection with two in it yes mm-hmm. please uh last fact i don't want to pull out here is the bangus character artwork is among the best fighting game art in the biz i don't care if you disagree with me um i know i'm right uh, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, the art is fantastic for marvel versus capcom too it's so good yeah and capcom is known for having like amazing artists anyway and bengus is certainly among them um 
I mean, there's also, uh, try to remember, Akiman. Um, Akiman is mm-hmm. also like a like a big one, and uh, Shinkiro as well. Uh, Akiman, if you don't know, like he did the the original Street Fighter Two artwork, uh, basically all the promotional art for that, and also the artwork if you had your Super Nintendo uh, instruction booklet <laughs> from back in the day and show the artwork <laughs> of the characters on there. That's that's Akiman's work. Um, and uh, Shinkiro as well. And uh, Shinkiro, I think, did... Um, trying to remember. Uh, he did uh, Capcom vs. SNK 2, I know. And um, he did Marvel 3. And uh, some of like, the kind of newer games, basically, like he was, he was mm-hmm. responsible for. So, yeah. Yeah, Capcom definitely has had some great, very stylish, very uh, uh, personality driven artists here that have just some excellent work has been done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that it really made the cabinets beautiful uh, <laughs> having, oh, yeah. having some of this lavish art on it. So it's just excellent stuff. Every once in a while, I love pulling those up and just looking at the, the various characters. It's exciting too, because um, who was it that uh, pointed this out? I think it was uh true AJC on Twitter who um, pointed out that you kind of get an interesting mix with the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 art, an interesting mix of like anime with Western characters. And I guess I hadn't really thought of that uh, before. Um, I was just like, oh, this is that's what Wolverine looks like. This is what Spider-Man looks like. But this is like a specific interpretation of these characters. Um, And I guess in that sense, like if you compare these renditions to the the western produced renditions uh, there's definitely a difference there is yeah i mean obviously it looks like sharper i mean um probably like the most obvious uh, example of it at least to me anyways with wolverine uh wolverine in the benga style and wolverine like how he looks say the, the animated series in the in, in, mm-hmm. uh, the 1997 uh series um you know it, it's 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 different enough where you can see them like if you see them like side to side that Bengus' style is kind of like sharper definitely has like you know again more of that anime styles you know anime tends to have like sharper uh, angles to them and such so I think for someone like Wolverine it just lends itself like you know obviously like super well in that sense um, and you know it looks great for everyone else too I mean like it's just such, such iconic artwork um, I, I can't say enough like great things about it I have I have art books down downstairs as well like from Capcom nice. games and uh, from SNK games as well and like it, like the, the artwork for those games back in the day like back in the 90s uh, was super super high quality it's the best of the best as far as I'm concerned yeah again we were spoiled I didn't think you know that we were <laughs> gonna stop getting things like this at some point in time <laughs> it's only gonna get better right <laughs> here we are in this in this dystopia anyway uh, <laughs> like on like an 80s bender and all of a sudden you wake up it's like oh god what happened <laughs> <laughs> Marvel versus capcom went 3d no no yeah <laughs> Uh, I thought this was a great little endearing comment here uh, from Siren Song. My husband is a non-gamer. This is his favorite game. He knows all the combos. They have an MVC2 arcade cabinet at one of our movie theaters, and he loves playing while we wait for the movie. Uh, that's wow. that kind of goes back to what you were saying, you know, like pulling in people because you know there might not be people who play fighting games all the time or even just play video games all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you walk past this cabinet, you're going to be like, oh, Wolverine. Right. I know Wolverine, you know, Spider-Man, like who doesn't know Spider-Man? Totally. Yeah. You know, it's even back then. So yeah, that kind of draws you in for sure. Yeah. Um, so we talked about uh, our first impressions about, you know, when we first played it um, and we talked about kind of its context in other Capcom fighters. Um, I wonder here if we could 
uh, spend a little bit of time comparing it to other fighters, period. Um, okay. So not just, you know, other kind of verses and crossover stuff from Capcom. because They produced a lot. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think thinking about it almost seems like they're just completely different, not just subgenres, but completely different genres. Mm-hmm. If you put like something like Mortal Kombat side by side with Marvel versus Capcom 2. It's like a completely different game. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like even kind of the, the classic street fighter, you know, which I was never great at, but played Mm -hmm. it in the arcades as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, the fact that you could do that super jump thing in Marvel versus Capcom two was huge. You know, it just felt like it completely blew up the stages. Oh yeah. And you could certainly see like the influence of games like, um, like Marvel versus Capcom two, uh, with Dragon Ball fighters, as I mentioned before, cause you know, you okay. got like basically like the super jumps, you got the air dashes, um, you got all sorts of like the fast movement, the giant beams that you fire out of your hands and all this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, all that is what makes those types of fighting games. And even though it's, yeah, like, you know, you have that Mortal Kombat street fighter two, you know, they're all considered fighting games. But, you know, they all have their very specific audiences that they cater to. Um, mm-hmm. And that comes into play in terms of, like, the gameplay, the speed, the, the roster, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not enough to just be like, well, it's Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is more like the 2D fighter. Because um, then, like, I would go home and I had a Super Nintendo. So mm-hmm. there's not really amazing fighting games on Super Nintendo except for some key examples. I think, like, if you, if you pop in Shaq Fu... <laughs> You're not getting a, a 2D fighting experience like Marvel vs. Capcom 2. You had to drop that gem, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to name drop Shaq Fu. I was like, today's the day. I get to do it, finally. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, uh, maybe something that's a bit more like Mortal Kombat. Um, Primal mm-hmm. Rage was a fighting game that I really enjoyed. Uh, Killer Instinct. Oh, yeah. And again, those really did not seem anything like Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Yeah, no, I mean, they're still different. I mean, Killer Instinct, yeah, as well, is, you know, very much its own beast, really. Very combo-heavy, obviously, with the whole ultra combo and, like, all that stuff and uh, <laughs> yeah. all that. And, like, and, but, like, even though you have, like, those those combo systems, it's very much of a uh, rock-paper-scissors kind of fighting game, um, if you think about it. Because the way that Killer Instinct plays is that you're doing your combos and you're trying to kind of build up your combos. And you, the way that you link them is, uh, you know, depending on you use a, uh, like a light attack, a medium attack, or a heavy attack, depending on what the other, uh, the other uh, person who's receiving your combo uh, presses at the same time as you linking your combo, they can do a combo breaker, or they'll fail the combo breaker, and the other person can, can continue their combo, essentially. So it's very rock, paper, scissors, the way that Killer Instinct plays, as opposed to like Street Fighter 2, which I would say is more like, a footsie game, a poking game. Like, kind of, yeah, like, like <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, combo yeah. heavy by any means, you know, like you know, mm-hmm. probably the, the, the highest combo you'll do is like five or six hits or something like that. But it's mm-hmm. damaging as all hell, you know, like you'll you'll get yeah. hurt in the Street Fighter 2, uh, especially for throws too. like throws are very, very powerful in Street Fighter 2. Um, and, and as opposed to, say, with like Street Fighter 3, for example, like Street Fighter 3 and you know, especially with Third Strike, for example, you know, it uses what's, you know, what's like, uh, what's considered like the parry system, basically. And like the parry system changes the game entirely because now all of a sudden uh, projectiles are much weaker. You know, you could just parry projectiles, not have to worry about chip damage or anything. Um, and also you're basically trying to gauge what the other person is doing. So you can like basically parry them 
And then that gives you what's called frame advantage. And that frame advantage allows you to react quicker than the other person can get out of their, uh, can like recover from their move animation from. So, yeah. Wow, you are a fighting game guy. <laughs> I, I know a little good. bit here and there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good stuff. Like when I, whenever I pick up a game like like this, especially for you know, I'm, I'm an amateur, I just butt mash, dude. <laughs> sure. Until I learn a couple of combos, a couple of uh, special moves, hyper combos, whatever they call it. Yeah. In that specific iteration, but I, I, all I mean, all that to say, I'm so far out of that circle. But I really appreciate that there are people who get to know this stuff really well mm-hmm. and can understand the frames and the, the variations between the, the various fighting franchises. Um, yeah. Something we didn't mention here yet is the, uh, the 3d fighters, uh, uh, of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you take and rolls along and battle arena, Toshinden was one, uh, that I played a lot at school. Mm-hmm. Um, virtual fighters every t- really brought that to the province. Yeah. Which one was it? The Virtua Fighter series, like that's really oh, kind of like what yeah. kind of blew up. It's like, oh my god, like fighting games in 3D, what? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, then, <laughs> and then and then everything else kind of followed up after that. But yeah, <laughs> did you have? I mean, what, did you have that kind of moment where you're like, oh, 3D with fighting games? Um, I mean, yeah, in a sense. I mean, I thought Tekken looked looked really cool. Obviously, like you know, I love uh-huh. the I love the announcer. I love like the way that the characters looked. Um. You know, I, I love Brian Fury. I remember I was, I was, a, I was a big Brian Fury fan. Um, and uh, and also King, too. I loved King, just all the wrestling moves, the, you know, the Tiger Mask and all that stuff. Um, but uh, I, I never really, like, got super into, like, the 3D fighting games except for the original Soul Calibur because that came out to Dreamcast, and that was mm. also an amazing port of the original arcade game. Um, that was, like, the game to own if you had a Dreamcast, by the way, too. Like, like, like Soul Calibur. It was just like, oh, yeah. my God. Like, it's, like, arcade <laughs> perfect. You know, again, like, with, you know, with the Dreamcast having arcade perfect games. Um, and, uh, yeah, otherwise, like, I was, you know, I, I guess I was kind of like you in terms of, like, with pixel art and all that. I was a 2D fighting game purist. I, I loved 2- yeah. 2D fighting over over 3D, like, by far. You know, so I spent yeah. more of my time playing playing games like Capcom versus versus SK2 and Garo Mark of the Wolves and Marvel versus Capcom 2 <laughs> and like you know games like that so yeah yeah Although, otherwise I'd say like the 3D fighting game I probably spent the most time with and the, and the most enjoyment I had with uh was Power Stone 2 I love and absolutely adore Power Stone 2 now that's one I don't know that I've played um mm-hmm. I for a second I was like oh I wonder if he's gonna say it uh, <laughs> the one that I spent the most time with was uh Bloody Roar Oh, Bloody Roar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't play That's... much of it, but like I, I certainly I certainly not very very familiar with it, uh, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like the idea behind it, certainly like being able to change into different animal characters and all that. Um, I like the idea of it. And there was actually uh, like a tournament not too long ago, actually, for Bloody Roar. Um, I think it was on the uh, Tampa Never Sleeps, uh, the Tampa Never Sleeps YouTube channel, I want to say. Uh, oh, they do okay. like f- fighting game tournaments, uh, which I like to follow every so often. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a really cool franchise. It's definitely very underrated in a lot of ways too. Um, you know, cause it gets kind of drowned out by, you know, your street fighters and your Tekkens and all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a really cool franchise just on the face of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 the transforming into animals was just like, took my imagination by storm. Mm-hmm. I feel like with a lot of the really martial arts based, uh, fighters, even like the street fighters, I was just like, this is just a guy with like a different colored, like gi on, or like, this is just a guy that his thing is he wears a hat sometimes. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't, it's like the, I don't really, 
I mean, for all like, the Simpsons fans out there, it's like the Malibu Stacy. If you was like, he's got a hat. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I want, I want, I want. <laughs> yeah. And so like when Bloody Roar, I, I think I discovered it in an arcade. I was like, oh my gosh, you could turn into like a bat, a chameleon, a wolf, like all these crazy things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that one in the 3D fighter category was one that I definitely gravitated toward, hunted it out for home console. Uh, and played it a lot on home console ps1 i think but um other than that i feel like at the time there was really kind of a divide between uh or maybe this is just fresh on my mind because i've been talking about the console wars so much <laughs> recently uh but kind of a divide between 2d fighter fans and 3d fighter fans The 3d yep. fighter fans are like this is the new thing embrace it and 2d fighter fans were like no tradition tradition you know, exactly just yeah kind of stick with that that very much existed in in, in the 90s I, I guess i can confirm that for sure because nice. I, definitely, okay. I definitely lived it uh i didn't make it a habit of getting involved with uh, any sort of like 2d versus 3d wars or anything like that i just had my preference you like 3d games more cool that's fine. Not for me. That's cool. But, uh, you know, I might still play people in 3D fighting games. Like, that's fine with me, but it's not what I prefer. And so I, I always kind of uh, presented my opinion that way. But, um, you know, with 3D fighters, I mean, I, I definitely grown to enjoy them more. I certainly played more of, like, say, like the Soul Calibur games. Like, I, I, you know, I enjoy the Soul Calibur games quite a bit. Um, and uh, the Tekken games, I certainly enjoy, but I never, like, fully got into the Tekken games as much as I probably should or would have liked to. Um, mm. but I, I, you know, I, I still enjoy the characters and I enjoy like what those games bring. And, you know, that whole 2d versus 3d war did eventually come to a head when we got uh, street fighter cross Tekken as well. And, uh, there was actually supposed to be a Tekken cross street fighter as well, but made by, uh, by Namco, um, on, like on that front, uh, kind of like how Capcom made Capcom versus SNK and SNK came out with SNK versus Capcom. Um, oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But but Tekken versus uh, Tekken versus Street Fighter, uh, the cap the um, the Namco one. Uh, as far as I know, that got canceled. But it I you know it just it hasn't been like announced to be canceled. It's just kind of like drifted away. Hasn't been talked about forever. So as far as I know, it's canceled. But you know, no con- no no confirmation, but no word about about its existence in forever either. So ah, uh, it's sad the way some of these go. Uh, mm-hmm. Any other, you know, uh, actually, I was going to ask you any other uh, fighting game favorites from the era, 90s, early 2000s uh, that you want to mention? Oh, God. Um, I mean, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, you know, that series is also pretty cool and definitely uh, definitely did the IP justice as well. Uh, I'm not like a big JoJo fan myself, but I can certainly recognize as far as like the art style and the animations in that game were very much on par with like the Darkstalkers games. Uh, ah, nice. You know, so if you appreciate Darkstalkers for its art, you know, for its artistic value and for the animation, like with sprites and all that stuff, you'll appreciate JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as well. Um, otherwise, I mean, you know, I mentioned with Power Stone, um, you know, and, Power Stone 2 is another different type of fighting game as well. That's more of an arena fighting game. Like think of like, say, um, kind of like a Dragon Ball Bud- Budokai uh, type of game, like where it's like more of a free form 3D arena and you can run around and pick up items. And, you know, you, you can also transform in that game to pick up three Power Stones and then you become powerful as the announcer <laughs> as, like announces and uh, you become like basically a super form of your character. And uh, I, I just enjoyed the hell out of, ga- uh, the hell out of that game. Uh, otherwise, um, Rival Schools is really great too. I, I did mention mm-hmm. Rival Schools mm-hmm. briefly. Uh, that is a 
It's a 3D fighting game, but it for the most part, it plays 2D. It's like 2.5D in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, you... <laughs> You can um, you can like kind of sidestep around characters, but for the most part, you know you're kind of keeping you know within the same lane, you know as as the as the other character, um, and you know it's really cool like really cool art style, um, really awesome characters as well. Um, for anyone who has played Capcom versus SNK two, you'll recognize uh, Kiyosuke, who's like the nerdy uh, you know he's like nerdy kid with glasses, wears an all white suit. Um, throws out his uh, double projectile where it goes cross kata and uh, throws like the through two projectiles <laughs> out. Um, and yeah, like he's from that game, and there's like a really awesome uh, baseball kid in that game too. Uh, Batsu, I think is no, no, but Batsu is the main character, but anyway. Um, yeah, it has like a lot of like really cool characters. They're all based on like school tropes, like like student tropes. Uh, there's like teachers in there, there's like a gym teacher who has like a kendo stick and all that and like it's it's just a re- really really awesome game um really awesome series and um that was the first game though there's uh, rival schools and then the sequel was project justice and uh, project justice i got the japanese version for my dreamcast uh namely because the japanese version actually came with a board game uh like version what? like a bo- board game mode yeah it was really huh. really weird but it's basically a board game where when you land on spaces then it goes into like your your traditional fights your, your, you know the, the, the traditional version of the game um you know uh, I, i'm trying to remember as far as like how that played out but for the most part it was kind of like you think of like the game of life <laughs> You know, it's the huh. game of life, but as a uh, two and a half D fighting game, more or less. So, oh, that is bizarre. I think that might wow. be the best, like most uh, condensed way I can describe uh, that mode of Project Justice. So, uh, yeah, if, if you look out for a Japanese version of Project Justice, you should be able to look up information on that. <laughs> wow. I The one that I wanted to mention that we haven't mentioned yet uh, mm-hmm. also has kind of a bizarre addition. Uh, and that's Urge's uh, God oh. Bless the Ring. Yes, uh, yes. Which, you know, I pick up because oh, who didn't? Oh, if you loved Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> they got Cloud. Fighting games. They got Sephiroth. Yeah. 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 Tifa's in here. <laughs> uh, oh, Tifa. all, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, it's the 90s. It's I'm the sorry. 90s. Totally the 90s. Uh, yes. <laughs> right. It is. So, uh, you know, I pick it up and. I was kind of like instantly bored with the actual fighting game in in the in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seemed like you know you're just kind of trading weak jabs and things like that. Yeah. But it had a freaking adventure mode with like a dungeon crawler, like a 3D I remember that. RPG embedded in there. Yeah. I think Toshiden had that too actually if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I it was just kind of an odd addition to it but i remember playing it and then later on you know kind of getting into marvel versus capcom 2 and just kind of imagining that adventure mode coming back and being able to do that with the mvc2 roster mm-hmm. um i think i must have played that adventure mode. throwing kinetic yeah. cards at people like in the there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh it would have been so cool so cool <laughs> um but yeah what uh, i always thought that was a really wacky kind of addition to a fighting game yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, I would say that like the Tekken series is probably like, the king of like alternate modes for fighting games. I mean, you think of like Tekken Bowling, for example, and uh, <laughs> I think it was called like Tekken Force, which is basically like their beat 'em up uh, mode in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was kind of like a, it was like a weird like kind of like isometric, uh, isometric three D uh, type of like beat 'em up mode. I, I believe it was called Tekken Force, if I remember correctly. But that's where like 
when you pick up like health, it was like the chicken. Then when you pick up the chicken, like the uh, the announcer goes chicken. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is great. It was just amazing. Yeah. Simpler times. <laughs> Simpler times. Yeah. I was just going to say the narrator could really make make a game just 100%. extra shine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, even for, for, you know, for, for Marvel versus Capcom 2, like when you start up the game, you have the Marvel versus Capcom 2 new age of heroes like very is. dramatic and very very yes. cool the way he like announces it <laughs> yes takes his time with it yeah love it mm-hmm. um there's a how we might as well bring it up now why not uh you know back then sometimes you might memorize the name of a move uh hadouken is obviously mm-hmm. you know super iconic um but if you had a favorite character and as many japanese uh game characters do they would shout the name of their move uh <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as they performed it right you know just for the extra gusto mm-hmm. uh that was always fun did you have any kind of you know you're shouting when you're at other kids in the arcade or oh did i shout fun? at kids <laughs> yeah did you ever did you ever shout like a a, a move name <laughs> um i i don't think i shouted move names but i certainly talked trash certainly oh, okay oh you're a trash um, talker huh? but uh i i think like probably like one of my fondest memories and again we're going back to to uh to japan here um when i was playing uh was it yeah i think it was playing um uh yeah capcom versus snk2 uh i was playing as rock howard against someone's geese howard and if you don't know geese is rock's dad basically um and so I was playing against like this Japanese kid, whatever. And so we were kind of doing like just instinctually for whatever reason. I don't know why I came to mind, but we were doing like the whole Star Wars thing. And like, I was like, you're not my father. Like, kind of thing, you know? and uh, he, he like looks over at me as just like, ho, 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 like kind of thing, you know, <laughs> so even though we had like our language barrier there, we were able to basically communicate through the game, which I thought was really cool. You know, just, you know, again, we're not That's able to cool. speak traditionally, but through the game, we were able to communicate. So, yeah. That is cool. That is cool. Uh, there's a there's there's a bit to bring out here with Marvel vs. Capcom too. Um, I think I must have shouted, you know, move names now and then, especially with my brother. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to taunts, mm. uh, I loved that there were taunts in Marvel vs. Capcom um, because I was played as Mega Man. And I think Mega Man has one of the yeah one of the most <laughs> infuriating taunts, like super childish, like when a kid's like yeah 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 yeah, which is that bit a bit a super irritating. So doing that, any opportunity that I had, even if it costs you know my game, was right. just uh, it's worth it. It's a joy to do. Yeah, um, and then even if I lose, I could still you know do the same motion and the sound. I'd <laughs> say um. Voice. I'd say honestly, just in terms of utility, uh, the best mm-hmm. taunt in the game is probably uh, Jin, uh, Jin Seatom's uh, one, <laughs> because um, if you don't know, like his taunt, he basically um, strips down to just like his undies, and he's like rubbing right. himself with like a towel, and you can keep hitting the taunt button like over and over to make him rub his towel faster. And if you make him rub his towel fast enough, he'll actually start catching on fire. And if you if you touch him when he catches on fire, you'll get hurt. Like it doesn't like do much damage, but <laughs> it still it still does like a pixel of damage or something. So <laughs> that's 
That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. I'm sure there's some people great enough at this game to like defeat an opponent, like whether they're just like a sliver <laughs> of life left and get defeated with Jin's taunt. <laughs> I mean, that's when you just retire from gaming entirely. <laughs> like right. if that happens yeah. to you, that is super, super rare. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's uh there's a question here from DS Square seventy two. How much rage does the Captain Commando guitar taunt produce in your soul <laughs> when you see it? There's some great taunts in here though. It's a cool there taunt. Really yeah, the guitar taunt. Yeah. I, I do remember that one actually. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. I mean, I don't play my, many fighting games these days, but I enjoy a good taunt, and maybe that's why I like Smash so much too. Oh yeah. Um, there are some aggravating taunts in there. I mean, like the That's Kirby, sure. like, hi. You know, oh, like, my I, gosh. I, I did that yeah. shit all the time. So. Uh, on 64, when you're just like standing on the Pokemon Center on that far, far cliff, you know, and just oh, yeah. like yep. over and over again. I did that all um, the time. I, I, I was that guy. Yeah, I think we were all that guy. If honestly, if you're picking Kirby, you have to be that guy. You have you to really be. do. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So there's a couple of things I want to pull out here, um, is in terms of the gameplay for MVC two. Uh, one thing is balancing. There's a question here from true AJC. Uh, the character roster was a broad and welcome stroke of fan service, but could the gameplay have benefited from some balancing or some characters simply more viable than others? You think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's why, um, was it uh, MSS, like the Magneto Storm Sentinel team? That's considered to be top tier, um, or MSP, okay. which is Magneto, uh, Magneto Storm Psylocke as well, is super powerful. Um, okay. Cable is considered to be very powerful. Iron Man is considered to be very powerful in that game because he actually has an, uh, an, uh, an infinite, which is uh, not too difficult really to get on if you set it up properly. and. You know, you can set it up properly if you have, like, say, like the Sentinel uh, assist in that game where he throws the drones out and juggles you. And that gives you all the time in the world to set up for Iron Man's Infinite. Um, yeah, no, there are, there are characters who are definitely by far more viable. And uh, is Barbara vs. Capcom 2 kind of a broken game in terms of its balance? Absolutely. But does it, <laughs> you know, is that part of the reason why it's fun? Absolutely. <laughs> and that's why, too, there are tournaments that even pro players will play <clears throat> where they basically do like what's called like a ratio system in place. So they might have it like where Magneto costs five points and you have like uh, what like eight points total to use or something to build mm -hmm. a team, you know. So like Magneto will be like eight points and roll will be or like yeah, um, you'll have eight points. Magneto will be five points or like roll will be like one point because roll is like considered to be like the worst character in the game basically, yeah. <laughs> or serve bot, you know. So yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> so that's when it kind of like makes it fun because like it basically forces people to like build teams that they normally wouldn't play or have to like form teams that, you know, no one else has really kind of thought of because that's just how the point system works and the ratio. So um, if you get a chance to definitely check out ratio tournaments for Marvel too, it's, it's a lot of fun, honestly. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to say like maybe 98% of the people that I've played against in MVC two had no idea about like any of that stuff. Mm. Um, except for like the more spammable things. Like, I don't know. I feel like anytime somebody picked cable, I'm just like, oh, God. oh yeah, <laughs> I can put up with this again. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just over and over again, like stand in a corner mm -hmm. and do the essentially the same thing that Pikachu did on on N sixty four Smash. You know, just oh, yeah, stand yeah. in a corner, the Thunderbolt, throw your electrical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but playing with with uh, with lay people um, was really fun. And in that regard, that 
I don't think I ever came across too many people that felt like they were playing this game with like a complete sort of like professional understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times just people mashing buttons, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially at home and stuff like that, uh, or picking it's very casual friendly. In that sense, so, yeah. It is. And I, the reason why I mentioned that is I think that it's beautiful that there's that range with, uh, with MVC two where you could play it just as like a jokey kind of, fighter oh like you know and then throw together a goofy team of like jill the hulk and like mm-hmm. freaking serve bot <laughs> like all right, kinds of right. wackiness going on and then at the same time uh it's deep enough that it can support that really kind of profound analytical gameplay 100 percent. yeah i mean it's I mean, like, you know, obviously watching like Marvel versus Capcom 2 at a high level, it's very entertaining, um, mm-hmm. you, know, unless you, you know, unless you see Magneto Storm Sentinel for like the umpteenth time, you know, um, <laughs> then, it, then it can get tiring. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I mean, it's it is amazing to see what some of these uh, players are able to pull off. Like Justin Wong is a very, you know, very good example. Um, you know, like his his storm in, in particular is uh, is just absolutely incredible and can be very infuriating because um, he knows how to build up his super meter very easily, just kind of keeping himself up in the air, away from like where anyone can reach him. Build up his super bar by by spamming his uh, his hard kick over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, all, like all you hear is like Storm going oh 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 <laughs> like over and over <laughs> and over, and builds up his super meter. Um, you know she has like a super where she has like a, she calls a blizzard down on you, which does incredible chip damage. Uh, it also does incredible damage if it, if it lands as well. Um, keeps her safe as well too. So it's it's you know that's one of the best super moves in the game, and he knows how to how to utilize it. So. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's it's really cool once you actually break down what the strategies are and how these players are utilizing their characters to uh, to their fullest. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, really cool stuff. And then there's there's some unique, really unique mechanics in here as well. Uh, I kind of had a refresh on this. It's been a while actually since I've played this game. Um, so I was like, what are what are some of the unique traits here? There's the snapback mechanic where you can kind of uh, you know mm-hmm. knock. Uh, somebody's active character right yes. back and and then yeah. forces them to switch to another one you i remember that being freaking annoying yeah you basically make them uh, force tag in a sense yeah which um mm. which which is a good strategy if um you know because usually for like law characters uh or for like you know for pro fighting game players anyway in the game you have like your first character who's uh, more or less like your battery that's a character who's like usually best at like building super bar and um, mm-hmm. your last character is like your anchor, basically. That's that tends to be your strongest character or the character that has like the best comeback factor uh, out of the rest of your characters, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, the way to kind of like build up, uh, you know, build that up, you can do that. But say if like your anchor is like Strider, for example, and Strider is like a pretty popular anchor type of character, but he's also kind of a glass cannon as well, so he can't take too much of a beating. So if you like snap in Strider, take him out first, then that like really messes up the other person's plan uh, as far as like what they're looking to do and what their usual game plan would be. Yeah, I definitely could be could be really used to to savage somebody. You also lose that uh, that regen part of your bar, right? If you're snapped in to be the active character. Um, yeah, you can, yeah, like if they're, um, if they're, yeah, if they have like a red portion of their health that they're recovering from and they're sitting in the background, um, then yeah, that can, um, that could take away that red portion before it fully recovers for sure. Yeah. So that's, that's another way of, uh, of utilizing the snapback. 
Yeah, really brutal stuff here. <laughs> it's uh, a brutal game. <laughs> it is. It, it really is. It's so colorful. I mean, it looks like candy for crying out loud, but it is it is a savage game. Right. Uh, <laughs> Not the sweet there about is also, Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the first one, as you recall, you could summon, uh, you know, get assists from these uh, sort of minor characters that weren't playable. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which I thought was really neat, you know, t- as a way to kind of include other characters that weren't going to get their own playable uh, spot on the roster. But then yeah. in this one, uh, maybe because the roster is so huge, um, you've got assists then with your with your other characters. There are tag team mechanics kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, I think it was called the variable system. We had like alpha, so. beta, gamma, right? And then that yeah. would change. That like told you things. like which um which which like assist you were getting from that character. Yeah. And, um, sometimes it would also dictate what super move they do if you do a uh, like a tag team super, like everyone comes in at the same time or two people or whatever. So. Yeah, uh, which is I I thought I always thought that was pretty neat because that kind of um adds like a layer of of strategy that you can kind of prethink beforehand. Um, whereas when you're in the heat of the battle, at least for me, <laughs> I didn't always have much time for strategizing. Right. <laughs> um, and then of course, as we've mentioned, there's the hyper combo gauge. Uh, you could do hyper combos, delayed hyper combos. I remember the first time I saw like sort of the hyper combos interrupting each other and I was just like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what you cancel this? one into the other. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It was really cool stuff. That's um, and, and, and then and also then, it dictates oh, yeah. too as far as like how people build their teams as well, actually, because um, you know, you like think about like if you're you know doing a combo, you're you're chaining your combo together, you end it with a super, and then you want to bring in your other character. Well, you want that character to come in with like a super that can chain into that other super and that allows them to come into the match safely as opposed to just tagging them in and they do their taunt and that allows, you know, that that usually allows uh, them to be like open for an attack. So Mm. So much utility there. So much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as is the case with, you know, a lot of these other games, uh, you've got a you've got a campaign mode, a story mode. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but you've got a final boss fight. Um, I loved the final boss fight. I think it was with Onslaught. Mm-hmm. That was like the humongous armored like he looked like Magneto on steroids, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's okay. like an actual comic book character where like I think like Professor Xavier gets like uh infected or taken over or something by some force that has Magneto's powers or something like that. So it's a bit of like a it's a bit of a mixture of like this other force with Magneto and Professor Xavier used as a vessel more or less. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, but otherwise like the way the onslaught works is like kind of similar to how Apocalypse worked too in the previous games before him. So yeah. Right, right, right. And then here, though, you've got a, uh, as far as we're concerned, I mean, we tried kind of thinking through this a little bit before. Both of us are pretty sure this is an original character, right? Abyss at the Abyss, end of yeah. MVC2. Mm-hmm. Um, I always just was like, man, I really wish I could play as the final boss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember playing Darkstalkers and just be like, I want to play as Pyron. Right. Uh, but then here you're like, I want to play as a giant freaking like humongous sludge monster <laughs> that takes up the entire screen. Right. Um, a three part fight, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the uh, the first part, he's just kind of like this big uh, golem looking thing that can shoot beams and does like a big tackle or whatever at you. 
And then the second part is probably the most annoying part, which is um, his green goopy part where he just laughs all the time and shoots bubbles and beams and all this stuff up like all the time. Um, <laughs> and then the third part is his uh, kind of demon dog thing. Like it's an all red and uh, you're, you're actually supposed to hit the, uh, there's like an orb that he covers up and you're supposed to hit that orb, not necessarily him, but the orb itself. So, Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Big old jerk. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and that brings us to our conversation on the rosters and characters themselves. Mm -hmm. um, a couple comments here. Mr. Blue Sky of 1607 said, never thought a video game with Iron Man and Mega Man fighting each other would be a thing. But there you go. The, the <laughs> beauty of the crossover fighter. Mm -hmm. uh, Hipper Reed said, this game was my introduction to Tron Bon and BB Hood. Oh, yeah. Because uh, there are some obscure characters in here, which is oh, real yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, a fair amount. And uh, BB Hood, uh, yeah, I think this game actually introduced me to BB Hood as well. Um, and I love BB Hood, uh, also known as Boletta in Japan, um, which is also a cool <laughs> name. <laughs> um, yeah. But BB uh, Hood, um, yeah, I mean, basically, if you don't know, she is a bounty hunter who dresses up like Little Red Riding Hood. She has like a dog that follows her around as well. Yes. And gets scared whenever <laughs> she pulls out her guns and grenades and knives and all this stuff. And uh, her whole thing is that she's part of the Darkstalkers Dark roster and she's basically hunting for the monsters in Darkstalkers. So, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And I always thought she was a great character, too, because... You know, it totally fits in the Darkstalkers universe. You know, you've got all these monsters. And then so why not have like a, a Van Helsing type character that's just hunting, you know, all of them? Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, plus her design is just amazing. She looks all innocent. Yeah. And she whips out an Uzi. It's, it's just well, like the walking animation for her, she's just like kind of strolling and you hear her go, la, la, la. And then like, you know, she has like her, her, her picnic <laughs> basket and she pulls out from the picnic basket, like grenades and Uzis. And like yeah. That. So it's great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. Design. It's totally a great example of the, uh, just the wackiness of the dark stalkers games. Those are, those are silly. There's totally. so much crazy <laughs> stuff in there. Uh, and then Tron bond too, a villain from Mega Man legends. Mm -hmm. uh, not everybody played Mega Man Legends. Um, she got her own game, of course, mm -hmm. uh, The Misadventures of Tron Bon. Mm -hmm. Have you played that? It's actually quite good. I, I haven't, but I do. I do actually have it on my um, on my PlayStation Vita, though, because uh, I, oh, I kind of okay. made like a point that like I would like to play this at some point, but I just haven't. I ha you know that point hasn't come yet, <laughs> unfortunately. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool the way things go when you're adulting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely recommend checking that one out whenever you get the chances. It's good. Um, I know there were characters in here that I was not familiar with, um, but I did know who Tron was, didn't know who BB Hood was before playing this. Mm -hmm. I think were there characters in here that when you saw them, you're like, who the heck is this? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I'd say like with Ruby Hart and, and, uh, and like a Mingo. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I guess besides the. Besides the, original the unique characters. characters. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess like Sanson as well, because I didn't really know Sanson, but I saw that she was clearly modeled after, um, was like the Monkey King from like Journey to the West. Like she clearly had that design to her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like a gender bend version of her. And like, you know, I, I liked her moves too. Like, like you know, because I, I remember one of her supers, she literally turns into a giant monkey and she can, you know, spit fire and like smash you and all this stuff, you know. Um, 
or she can like uh, also like turn you into a giant watermelon and then she just eats you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, and Wacky. then and, and then later on, like after you know after playing the game for a bit, like finding out like you know that she came comes from like classic Capcom game. It's just like oh that's that's cool. You know, so I did, didn't know that originally, but you know that's that's kind of the cool part of these games too is like when they introduce you to these more obscure characters and then and then you realize like where they come from. You know, like say for example with Shuma Garath. Um, you know, just like this tentacle squid thing. He's clearly uh, meant to be like a, a kind of like a Lovecraftian type of like creature uh, from from Marvel. Um, and you find out that he has like ties to Doctor Strange. And, um, you know, ever, like ever since then, I've, I've checked out some comics uh, with Shuma Garath in it. And even uh, recently with the Doctor Strange movie, uh, The Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness, uh, it like it technically, quote unquote, wasn't Shuma Garath, but it's basically Shuma Garath like type of creature. So <laughs> I, I, I was pretty hyped when I saw that. So <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Yeah, definitely uh, creating an interest in these characters. That's wonderful. I think I want to say I knew everybody on the Capcom side. Uh, minus uh, we talked about Son Son. I always thought that was an original character. Um, Hayato. Mm, yeah, uh, I did not know who that was. Yeah. <laughs> And then Jin, uh, I mean, I knew him from Marvel vs. Capcom one, right? But I didn't know, you know, whatever game he came from. Cyberbots, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And um, I mean, you want to talk about characters who I like to shout their names with uh, whenever he does his big blodia punch and he yells out blodia, <laughs> <laughs> and like a giant robot fist comes coming crashing through the side of the screen. It's just like like you can't get more hype than that. Like it's like a dude no, screaming bloody hell blodia, <laughs> and like giant robot arm comes punching through i mean that's like the best thing ever so <laughs> oh yeah oh the screaming the noise of the arcades was just a <laughs> totally different experience um i don't know how like what did it get pretty rowdy in japanese arcades um yeah i mean rowdy i guess how i guess is, is my question well i know. mean like you know like american kids it seems like you can get them together and they they start getting very boisterous oh um, yeah yeah i guess um, I mean, that was a thing, too, in Japan, but not to the same extent as American arcades. Um, mm-hmm. In Japan, they're not, like, willing to, like, throw down and, like, punch you in the face if you, like, you know, if they, like, lost the game against you or something. You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> uh, which was very much a thing in 90s arcades, I can tell you that much. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, in, in Japan, it was more like, the, you know, people who are there to play, they, they tend to be more serious about playing and they want to actually get better. And they also want to make okay. friends with people to kind of get better. Like, because the arcade, you have to remember, too, was basically like a social ground for a lot of these kids, you know. And, yeah. and, and, and yeah. you know, that, that was obviously a thing, too, in America, but even mm-hmm. more so over in Japan. That's like the arcade culture was very much of a thing. And I, I really appreciate that aspect. And I love like just interacting and talking with the Japanese kids there again, even though I don't speak Japanese myself, just like some words here and there. And even those words are from video games and anime, Um, (laughs) but still we were able to kind of communicate and understand each other simply because we were playing the same games against each other. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I feel like the older kids had maybe that level of respect, um, you know, of like the, just they're there to kind of improve their moves. They want to get really good at the game. Yeah. Uh, and then there's kind of like a younger crowd, at least in the arcades that I'd been in, a mm-hmm. younger crowd that's just, you know, they'll they'll run off like mid game because their friends want to go play something else. Right. And then you're just kind of like beating up a lifeless character for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little I, demoralizing. I, I, I do want to say, though, that um, I feel like a lot of that competitive edge, that, that competitive streak is um, 
I mean, and this probably explains to like with the, uh, you know, the decline of arcades and arcade culture in general throughout the years, but uh, that, that competitive edge just kind of seems to be gone for the most part, um, at least in the arcade scene anyway. Obviously, you still have that when you go to like Evo, for example, or, um, you know, Games Done Quick or whatever, like any, any sort of like event where you go to and compete against other people in these games. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, just casually walking into your local arcade and playing against people like who are all kind of like there to do the same thing. And that same thing is to get better at the game that you're all playing. Um, that, I just haven't really seen that as a thing anymore, really, even though arcades still exist to some extent with barcades and mm-hmm. uh, certain arcades out there like Dave and Buster's or whatever. But um, aside from like, you know, I'll, I'll come across like DDR groups here and there who are still competitive and like to get better at the game and such. But, um, yeah, not so much with other games, though. Yeah. Hmm. Again, we were spoiled back then. We had no yeah. idea. It's a different time. things were going to change. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that things were going to change so dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We've got a, a statement here in question from the Mad Belmont, who said, This is my favorite fighting game. As a kid that grew up loving superheroes, seeing some of my favorite superheroes, such as Hulk, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and more take on some folks from Capcom's games, such as Ryu, uh, Chun-Li was dope. But what I didn't know until I dug deeper into the game was the insane amount of strategy that goes with it. Finding Mm -hmm. a team that has good synergy and that can also combo off each other well was tough for me when I was a kid, but I was having so much fun that I didn't care. Mm -hmm. What is your main team and why? Everyone has a different team and for different reasons. So I'm curious to know what your team is. Mm. You want me to start? Or do you want to start with? That yeah. One? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I mean, my go-to team is very unconventional, but I just love these characters and I was very familiar with these characters. Um, so my main team I'd say was Guile. I loved using Guile and, um, you know, I, I knew how to combo like into like, you know, doing a ground-based combo launcher, bit of an air combo into his air super like an air kind of auto combo super thing that he had uh which i mm-hmm. you know which was very like bread and butter for me like i was able to do that in my sleep um followed by bb hood i love using using bb hood uh, especially with her um she has a great anti-air um assist where she like pops like a like a molotov and like it sprays like a big spew of a, a fire up in the air so uh it helped like with um having some air cover um, and then I would usually have for my third character, Jin, uh, just cause I liked using Jin, especially at the end, because when Jin gets down to, I think like 20% health, uh, he all of a sudden gets super armor. That's just like a passive oh, yeah. ability he has basically. Yeah. And, uh, I just loved using Jin. I used Jin a lot in Marvel vs. Capcom one. So he kind of carried over. Uh, otherwise sometimes my third character would be uh, juggernaut or, um, or Gambit as well. Uh, just cause I, I knew how to use Gambit in Marvel vs. Capcom one as well. Um, but Juggernaut was always fun too. And you just, you know, you, 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 you can't really deny like the Juggernaut punch and like just yeah. rushing in at you and punches down the ground super hard. <laughs> yeah. Know? Especially when the size of a mountain, like holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. He was a good assist too, honestly. When, when he, when you pick his Juggernaut punch as an assist, like he just comes wailing in and, uh, that can help like give you some space. Like he's almost like a, you know, if, if you think of like Overwatch terms, he was kind of like a tank in that regard. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's cool. I, BB Hood is a is an interesting choice. I always wanted to play as this character, but uh, but never really got it. So, mm-hmm. uh, have you played this this competitively at all? I mean, like you know, like in a in like a convention or a scene or a uh, a tournament. 
I mean, not seriously, honestly. Like, I didn't, like, uh-huh. sign up for a tournament, if that's what you mean. Okay. But um, it was yeah. just kind of more of, like, getting together with friends or getting together, you know, if we happen to be have, like, a bunch of people together at a convention or whatever, and Marvel's there, and we'll play it all together. We'll, like, you know, compete, whatever, and talk trash. But, you know, that's pretty much the extent of it. But uh, I was never, like, super good at Marvel 2 or anything like that. It was just kind of like more of, like, it was more like a fun game for me, and I, I enjoy the intricacies of it, and I enjoy playing as the characters who I played as. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't picking, like, I was, I wasn't trying to learn how to play as Mag- Magneto and Storm and like these characters <laughs> who you basically have to learn how to play or have to use in order to be super hardcore serious at the game and like win tournaments and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd put out, uh, before I announced mine, I'd put out to the community, uh, see if you could guess my three. Uh, and I said, anybody that could correctly guess it would win the podcast. Uh, what you win is absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> but you win the podcast if you can guess it. So a few people were actually really close, like one pick off. Um, cause I've dropped hints over time and I've said things and everybody knows I really adore Mega Man. Um, so my three were, uh, Tron Bon, uh, Mega Man. And Bone Wolverine. Mm. Every once in a while, I would swap in Servbot just to be a jerk, just for, <laughs> for no reason other than just to play as this stupid little the Lego full man. Mega Man like franchise team, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause uh, you know, with these crossover games and the the IP representation, uh, I remember being really excited that I could pick, I actually could pick, you know, three Mega Man characters. I mean, there's four in the game, so that's really cool. Yeah. Um, roll. I, I used to play as roll on in one. And then on this game, I was like, you know what? No, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. Uh, no. was always, this game, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember playing with my cousin who's, uh, who's about a decade older than me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they came to visit in Hawaii and he was big into fighting games. So I actually had, uh, yeah, it was Marvel versus Capcom one. Um, and then later on we got to while he was visiting, I think it was, uh, and so we're messing around and all that sort of thing. Um, and I, <laughs> I picked Servbot against him. He's just like, it was a stupid little weenie throwaway character. And then halfway through the fight, he starts screaming like, why can't I hit you? <laughs> like, if you, I mean, if you connect with it, of course you just waste that little thing, but so many attacks just miss yeah. because he's so tiny. And his his stupid where he'll like lift a he'll lift like a dining table like a uh, tablecloth like yeah curtain. yeah <laughs> tablecloth and he launches you into the air and then he's like hitting you with plates and knives it's just yeah. such a stupid gimmick character I loved using him yeah um but you know when I needed a little actual like firepower uh, Bone Wolverine was one that I really enjoyed playing as yeah I was kind of curious um so why why Bone Wolverine over the adamantium one. You know, I I couldn't really tell you. Um, maybe just because he had bone, I I just thought that was really cool. <laughs> A lot of enough. coolness factor, in, honestly, goes into this. I think I thought he was faster. Mm-hmm. Um, is I he? Can't Do you know? I, I mean, I, I know there are, there are definitely uh, differences between bone and adamantium Wolverine, but uh, I don't remember what those what those uh, differences are exactly because I didn't really play play much Wolverine in Marvel two, so. Um, but I did find it fascinating that they did have two different versions of Wolverine in the game. So, yeah. 
Yeah, he's that popular. He gets two versions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like Wolverine, like he changed enough over the series that they're like, we can just put him in there twice and it'll feel like two different characters. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine that's the reason why. But uh, as far as like, yeah, I think one is supposed to be faster and the other is supposed to be a bit uh, harder hitting from what I remember. But, you know, I, I could be which kind of makes sense. I guess like one's lighter. One's got, you know, a metal skeleton. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like this, uh, this site here is reporting their differences in like the angles of their dive kicks, number of hyper combos they had access to, mm-hmm. uh, what their assists do. So I, I know for sure that I did not know, you know, adamantium Wolverine enough to be like, well, I'm better with the bone one. I just, I, I probably really just thought that bone Wolverine was, was cool. Just cooler. Yeah. Was it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Mega Man um, was, yeah, a lot of fun to play with because that taunt that we mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> I was pretty good at doing his uh, cycling through his projectiles, kind of keep people at range. But again, oh, yeah. always loved Mega Man as a kid, so definitely had to pick him. But mm-hmm. Tron friggin' Bon. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Tron uh, could maybe, actually be like a legit pick, actually, in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe my best character as far as like understanding, you know, combos and how to set them up. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved her, her hyper combos, uh, the Demonasai, where she's <laughs> like the lunch rush, oh, of yeah. just like serve bots that run across the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is a great a move, way. by the way, to cancel into another, another hyper move. Cause like it, it, lo- it locks them in place like for a long time. So. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I want to say too, that I knew this f- to be a fact at one point, I think having played misadventures of Tron Bond, I think there are 40 serve bots. And I think that that lunch rush move hits 40 times, but I can't be sure in it's this possible. moment in time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If like, I think that was a thing at one point where I was like, oh, that's a really cool, like, you know, nod towards yeah. this. Yeah. But cool. um, somebody else will have to look that up. <laughs> um, so the person who did guess that correctly is, uh, is Terrence Harkin. I don't know how Terrence Harkin, Congratulations for winning the podcast. I don't know how you guessed, you know, Tron, Mega Man, and then specifically Bone Wolverine. <laughs> uh, but my goodness, congratulations. Uh, your your checks in the mail. Um, <laughs> another question here about the roster. Uh, Joypad Lad Shop, which characters would you have added to the game that didn't make the cut? Carry 86 also asked, the only question I have is which characters are missing in this game for you? It's already a, an amazing roster. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything to complain about. But if you could add three, David, oh, uh, who, who would you <laughs> add? And they have to be, I had to specify this when I threw this mm-hmm. to the community. They have to be Marvel and Capcom characters, obviously. Right. Like, <laughs> somebody was like, oh, really? I was like, yes, the game is called <laughs> Marvel versus Capcom. Right. Um, and I'm guessing uh, characters who did eventually, re- you know, come out after Marvel 2 uh, are fair game, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, okay. yeah, it's just for good fun. So just for good fun. Um, yeah. I mean, Deadpool, certainly. I mean, I, 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 you know, because I remember I was I was beginning to become a Deadpool fan right, right around the time I was playing Marvel 2 anyway. And I always thought, I was like, oh, man, like, like he seems like he'd be like a perfect character for this game. It's like, you know, like hopefully they add him in Marvel 3 next year, <laughs> <laughs> which never happened. But uh, but yeah, but then eventually Marvel 3 did happen and Deadpool was just like an obvious uh, addition for that game. So it was good to see him added. 
otherwise, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's so many characters, it's kind of paralyzing. It, it is, really. Yeah. Um, I guess for like Capcom characters, I would like to see a Power Stone, ref, um, like a Power Stone um, representative in there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Wang Tang, just because uh, Wang Tang is basically a Goku anyway. You, you, you know, you, that's basically the closest you'll get to a Goku in a Marvel vs. Capcom game is just put Wang Tang from Power Stone in there. So, <laughs> um, complete with Spirit Bomb and everything. You know? Oh, so, there you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll say Deadpool, Wang Tang, and um, hmm. That's a Marvel and a Capcom, so either one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm actually looking around now in like my room to see if there's like some inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, guys like your posters and stuff. That's funny. yeah. I'm like checking around. Um, let's see, that, that's a Battle Toad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. Well, no. Yeah, these are all like non Capcom, non Marvel characters that are like all around me. So, um, hmm, I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously there was the thing like like Thanos was in the game, but there was a Thanos that just got through bubbles at you and like all that. So, um, I probably say like the Thanos that we did eventually get in Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Um, you know, one that's more harder hitting, one that's more dangerous type of mm-hmm. uh, you know type um, type of Thanos and. Uh, also, specifically, too, by the way, the Thanos that was voiced by the same voice actor who did Sagat in the Street Fighter games. Because uh, oh, okay. that voice actor voiced Thanos in um, one of the uh, pinball uh, FX games, I believe it was, or like the pinball arcade. Um, there was a pinball table that came out based on um, Infinity Gauntlet. And so they had Thanos talking trash to you all throughout the pinball table. <laughs> And uh, that Thanos was voiced by the same guy who voiced Sagat in uh, Street Fighter 4. And if you know anything about how Sagat sounds in that, it's just like, that is perfect. It's like, uh, <laughs> what is it? It's like, it's like, you will say, like, he kind of has that very demanding kind of like, mad, you know, Mad Titan type of voice. It's like, uh, yeah. trying to think of like a line, but like, it's like, it's like, how dare you like come into my realm or something like that. Like he has that kind of like presence to him. So Wonderful. <laughs> uh, I would say that version of Thanos. So you could keep your bubble throwing Thanos and then throw in a more serious Thanos as well. So if you could have <laughs> bone and adamantium Wolverine and having a uh, have a bubble and non bubble Thanos. How about that? <laughs> That's hilarious. And I always thought it was funny, too, that Thanos is in here. I was like, and you're a little like OP to be just kind of running around <laughs> like the street level stuff. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of great answers here for for this community question. Um, who are mine? I said Mega Man. I said a Doctor Wily, because mm. um, there was Doctor Wily in the background of the Mega Man stage Marvel on one, yeah. MVC one. Yeah, yeah, it's great, just kind of marching stage. around with his. It is. I love yeah, that stage. The megaphone. Yeah. It's like, uh, ah, get that yeah, Mega Man. Yeah. Mega- <laughs> <laughs> uh, have him voiced by the, the guy from the Ruby Spears uh, Mega Man cartoon. You know, oh, where he's oh. like, oh, I will get you, Mega Man. <laughs> like with his goofy this German accent. accent. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I mean, I really thought that would have been cool. Sure, he's like an old man, but like his, you know, his punches and throws and specials could have been you know, him tossing out little kind of bot enemies and mm-hmm. his hyper combo could have been summoning, you know, some of the early robot boss masters and, and all that stuff, robot masters. So mm-hmm. um, that would have been cool. Um, Nina from uh, the Breath of Fire series 
because uh, you already have a uh, Ryu in here, but I always remembered being disappointed that there was no Breath of Fire um, representation in this uh, Marvel versus Capcom series. Mm. Um, that was that was top tier Capcom for me. Yeah. Um, so one. having a character from there, um, and then uh, my third was because uh, again, you know, anything's fair game. Uh, a Monster Hunter from uh, mm. <laughs> from. Mar- Capcom's Monster Hunter series uh, right. didn't come out until a few years after MVC two, but um, which would have been like a, a really cool character with a bunch of different humongous bone yeah. weapons and and they did like add that. in um, a Monster Hunter as a character in Marvel Infinite, which is like one of the better um, one of the better oh, I didn't know I'd that say, in that game yeah oh, okay yeah like like as far as like brand new characters that were added to Marvel Infinite uh, I'd say like Monster Hunter is probably like one one of the best ones in there honestly yeah oh, it's a really I cool had edition. no idea yeah oh, that's cool I'm gonna have to check that out someday yeah um, <laughs> uh, so yeah we did get a lot of cool uh, answers to this I wonder Dave if you'd be good enough to uh, trade uh, reading through each of these just a short kind of mention from each yeah. Sure. Each category. Cool. So I'll start the first one off. Um, there were several people that named this character. <laughs> so I wanted to shout out a few of them. Uh, Sakura Watame, uh, Continue Game QP, and Jeff P. Davis said Howard the Duck. Yeah, I, 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 I would have to completely agree with that. And I wish I, I mentioned that when, when I was naming characters who I want to see. Because, uh, yeah, Howard the Duck would be great. And um, when Marvel, uh, was it Ultimate Marvel 3, I think was when he was added? Yeah. Um, when Ultimate Marvel 3 came out, or, 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 or Marvel 3, I forget which one he came out in, but when Rocket Raccoon was announced for that, uh, I was pretty hyped. I was just like, oh, wow, like Rocket Raccoon, all right. And then I was thinking to, my, you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, they should really just add Howard to Duck because, you know, he could basically <laughs> just be like a reskin in a lot of ways of Rocket Raccoon because if you see Howard to Duck comics, I mean, like he, he basically pulls out weapons from nowhere as well. Like, he, he could be very Rocket Raccoon-like in a, in a sense, so um yeah it, it would be cool to see him added like sometime down the road if there's like a marvel 4 or something so yeah yeah and if we're talking about these characters being added to mvc2 uh i could see him totally being the size of of servebot around around that you know <laughs> if they want to kind of reuse some of the some of the movement some of the animation there sure um, sure i mean another he, he, super he, weeby he, character he would definitely be bigger than servebot for sure because yeah. I mean, he, he, he would basically be like the same size as like a rocket raccoon in marvel 3 very much yeah um, i like don't a, know a how big rocket raccoon actually is like i guess yeah. um i'm thinking like a real duck just in like a business suit i guess <laughs> think of like a donald duck i guess yeah like like, how, like how tall is donald duck that's basically how I tall that the duck is yeah okay <laughs> Somebody out there knows he's like he's he's three two man. I know he's actually. Like, <laughs> we didn't know that he's three foot four. <laughs> uh, How did you not know? <laughs> right. Uh, so the next one here is uh, from Blackburn Lord Yorha Unit and Noah AFS Zero from Mega Man. Uh, which oh. uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously they added Zero in um, what was it uh, in um, Marvel the third 3. one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was added in Marvel three. Um, I don't. Yeah, he, he, he didn't come back in Infinite, but uh, he was in Marvel 3. Uh, he was like one of the strongest characters in Marvel 3, too, by far. Uh, zero loops are a thing. Um, also, wow. uh, Zero was actually in another fighting game um, in uh, SNK versus Capcom, actually, the SNK fighting game. I did not know that. Man, I'm yeah. learning all kinds of stuff 
I think it's uh, specifically the Battle Network version of Zero, but I could oh, be wrong. Okay. But it's it's a, it's a different kind of Zero, though. Yeah, from like the Game Boy Advance games or something. So yeah, yeah, from the Zero or the ZX series or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it might be ZX. I, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I lost track of Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's cool. That's there, and that that's uh, that's a two D fighter. That's, yep. That's really rad. Nice. Uh, let's see. Bridge Crew Dave said Carnage. Yeah. Uh, as you recall, uh, we had Red Venom <laughs> from right. uh, from right. the first one, which I guess is a broken. Like, like, hey, this is Carnage, and you're like, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, he yeah, was a secret character, right? Yeah, he he was he was a secret broken character, basically in Marvel One. Uh, same thing with Orange Hulk, who's supposed to be like a reference to the Thing in Fantastic Four. Uh, mm. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I mean, I mean, like having Carnage in there properly would be really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, just having the um, the Cletus Cassidy kind of like personality really kind of, you know, really come out in his moves and the voice lines and all that. I think that think would be amazing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, next one here is from Miris Brush uh, saying the Noid, I'm guessing uh, from Yo Noid, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which I, I, I guess I have to reiterate what you said is like Marvel and Capcom characters. <laughs> yeah. So I, that was my first thought, too. I was like, wait a minute. But then <laughs> oh, the Capcom is the one that made the Yo Noid NES game. Oh, OK. So... <laughs> Halfway it's yes, like, halfway right. no. <laughs> yeah. It's like somebody said um, at this, they're like, so since Disney owns Marvel now, that, does that mean like I could say Mickey Mouse? Right, like, or Luke no. Skywalker or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely not. This is not Disney versus Capcom. It's Marvel versus Capcom. Right, right. Uh, you know um, it is a hilarious answer. I mean, that, that's definitely an interesting answer and like definitely one I wouldn't mind seeing, but like at the same time, it'd be like a huge head scratcher. But yeah, be interesting. Yeah. Especially for like, you yeah. know, 2020 play pass game, whatever, you know, and Noid hasn't been a thing in forever. So <laughs> yeah, you know, do you do you ever heard the, the story of why they stopped using that character? No, no, I don't know. It's uh, and again, I'm, this is coming off the top of my head, so I don't have all the all the verbatim facts straight. But uh, I'm quite sure that at one point in time, there was somebody whose last name was Noid or something like that, and they thought that uh, they thought that the company was making fun of them personally with this character. Uh, so they actually went in and like held up, uh. Was it not Pizza Hut? Uh, it was Domino's, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think Domino's was the one that had annoyed character. Yeah. Yeah. They actually went in and held up a, a Domino's uh, at gunpoint, just like kind of, you know, off the rocker went crazy. Wow. Uh, and yeah, after that, Domino's was like, well, you know, let's not use this character anymore. So um, <laughs> can't imagine, you know, why they didn't use it for Marvel vs. Capcom 2 then. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, he's right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one here from Dante for smash, uh, an appropriate name, uh, who said miles Morales. Um, again, yeah. I, I feel like if you're adding bone Wolverine and adamantium Wolverine, wow, uh, miles, miles yeah. Morales. Yeah. yeah. I like slight differences with the Spider-Man that's already in here. Yeah. No, I, I, I love, you know, I, I love Miles Morales. Uh, I loved when um, Into the Spider-Verse uh, became a thing because that was actually one of the few voices before Miles kind of like became more popular, I guess, in, in, uh, in pop culture uh, to see like a proper Miles Morales Spider-Man movie of some sort. 
uh, instead of like the same old Peter Parker story we've been seeing over and over and over. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was really cool to see that movie and Miles Morales becoming more popular because of it. And we're going to see a follow-up to that movie and Miles is kind of like more of a thing. So I would imagine if there's another Marvel versus Capcom game in the future, Miles Morales would certainly be high up there uh, for uh, for choices for Capcom to pick. Yeah. yeah, that actually seems like, yeah, like a really possible uh, choice. And I got to echo that. I mean, like, I'm not even generally like a Marvel fan at this point in my life, but mm-hmm. I saw a Spider-Verse and I was like, holy smokes, this movie's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just excellent stuff. And um, uh, while while um, while it's on mine, too, I, like, you know, again, if I had more time to think about it, like my choices, uh, I probably would have also said Moon Knight, honestly. For, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For character, uh, just because I love Moon Knight, uh, you know, even before the show. But when the show was announced and I watched the show, I was just like, these people get it. They know Moon Knight. It was amazing. It was so good. <laughs> um, so I'll probably say Moon Knight just because it'd be like the closest thing to having like a Batman essentially in, um, <laughs> in, in, in Marvel vs. Capcom. But then you have like the weird like Moon God stuff going on, switching personalities possibly as part of his move set. Like if he switches the personality and that changes his move set, kind of like uh, if you think of like Gen in the Street Fighter Alpha series where he can change his stance and all that. So you can make mm. Moon Knight to a stance character, depending on which personality he is. <laughs> you know? oh, there you go. So you can do something like go. that. I'm glad you said Batman, so I don't have to do my white Batman joke. <laughs> <laughs> mm, you know, white Batman. <laughs> yeah. like when I always do, uh, when somebody mentions Daredevil, I'm like, oh, you mean red Batman? Red Batman. It's just different color Batmans all around. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, next one here is from uh, J Switch Part Deux, uh, who says Firebrand, and uh, Firebrand was added in Marvel Three, and um, I thought yeah. he was a cool, cool addition. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he wasn't like that good of a character, like you know, in terms of his utility and all that. But I, you know, I, I always thought that was like a cool character to add in there, along with Arthur from uh, from Ghost of Goblins. So um, having that Ghost of Goblins uh, like representation in you know in those mm-hmm. games, I thought was like a really cool choice for Capcom. Yeah. Definitely. And I would have loved to have seen, uh, you know, what they could have made Firebrand look like in the 2D uh, art style of uh, of MVC2. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely would have been neat. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one cracks me up. Uh, Shy Guy Fox said J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) I want pictures of (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. It's like his taunt is just like, uh, you could have had, I mean, Ed Asner was still around, you know, back here in uh, in 2000. You could have had him do some lines. Sure, Uh, sure. It would have been excellent. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I think you would have to have, um, what's what's, what's his name, who uh, played as him in the movies? uh, oh shoot! I was blank out on his name too. Yeah, I keep wanting to say J.K. Rowling, but like he has like a name that's kind of similar to that. You know? J.K. Simmons. There J.K. Is. Simmons. There that's it. it yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, he he was amazing as J. Jonah yeah. uh, James Jonah Jameson, and um, yeah, I mean, obviously for his taunt, you would have to have like his laughing at Peter Parker beam. <laughs> oh you're serious (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) believe it or not that is the third time in mage cast history that we've blanked out on the name jk simmons (laughs) really i don't know why i don't know why yeah uh and then there's uh joseph uh uh, joseph fire uh who says semenosuke which i believe uh omanusha right yeah onimusha yeah onimusha that's right yeah Um, yeah Great shows how game. much I've, I've, I've played those games, but, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, it'd be cool to say, see Simone Musha reference, throw it in there. I don't know about a full fledged character. I don't think the characters are that interesting enough to add into like the game. But um, I mean, like, you know, it'd, it'd be cool to see like some sort of Onimusha reference in there, like a stage or something like that would be neat, you know? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, this one was cool, I think, because and there were so many. I just couldn't include all of these. Uh, you got to understand, folks. But uh, th this one was neat in that it was I think this was the only time somebody mentioned mentioned Samonosuke. Um, and nobody had ever mentioned anything Onimusha, I think, in like the history of me talking about Marvel versus <laughs> Capcom. So uh, that that really stood out. Uh, and two, I also kind of played Onimusha at a time when I was like, oh, I could play video games if they're a little more mature. Right. So, you know, <laughs> I felt like. Thank you like old for Mario. <laughs> yeah. Check out my greasy little mustache. Right. I'm an adult now. Everyone has that phase as a gamer, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then pretty soon you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna play whatever I think. Is right. Fun. Not <laughs> exactly. Not what's gonna impress the ladies or anything. Like that. <laughs> I play Halo like a real man. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my singular chest hair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good, uh, that's a cool mention. Uh, yeah. Was it Joseph Fire? There mentioned too that uh, Seminosuke. Uh, there's some real life likeness there as well. So that could make it difficult uh, to include. But um, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's cool like based mention. on a real character or like a real historical yeah. figure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Maybe it was like modeled by a guy like it, probably the same reason with Nori. Uh, why, mm -hmm. you know, that might be left out for well, I mean, that's the licensing. I mean, that's the reason why, too, Capcom's no longer going to use Fei Long in their uh, in their future fighting games also, because they just don't want to deal with like the Bruce Lee family, uh, because the Bruce oh, Lee family yeah. have, have actually been, been going after people for uh, stereotypes of, of Bruce Lee now. So uh, Capcom's well, like, we're not going to touch out. that. We're just not going you know, to bother with that, because because remember, yeah. the, 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 you know, th this is the same Capcom that had to change around their uh, boss characters names in Street Fighter 2 with uh, Balrog, Vega and, and Bison. And Bison was originally Boxer, um, you know, obviously oh, a play yeah. on Mike Tyson, but uh, they changed around the names for fear of Mike Tyson suing them. So, you know, that's where yeah. that story comes from. Yeah. Less for the business to deal with. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where are we here? Xmas Honks and Argyle Ninja said Fin Fang Foom. Hmm. Um, that could be like an um, <laughs> apocalypse slash onslaught type of like boss fight for sure. I mean, I could see Fin Fang Foom being like a like if you're playing like the arcade mode and he'd be like a mid boss, you know, and then like you yeah. move on, you play some more characters and then you face the final boss. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that that Jack Kirby art as a kid and just being like, Fin Fang, what the heck is this? Just a giant uh, dragon, was, basically. That's yeah, all it really is. <laughs> and yeah, like at a certain point, I'm like, like, is this an ethnic slur as you get older? Like it just it sounds <laughs> it sounds wrong to say. It sounds wrong to say. I don't know. Yeah. They they came up Clutch with some wacky pearls. stuff back yeah. in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Clutch um, the pearls. Have you uh played the Guardians of the Galaxy game, by the way? No, I have not. No. So uh, there is a Fin Fang Foom boss fight in that game, which is incredible. And um, if you play that or at least see it or whatever, uh, that might get you a little more hype with the idea of Fin Fang Foom in a proper Marvel versus Capcom game. Yeah, there you go. And I know they've been using this character a bit. Um, I think he was spotted in that was that Mordok, uh, Modok. Oh, Modok, um, yeah, yeah. TV show that nobody watched. And uh, <laughs> the Shang-Chi movie, I think, had fan, Fin Fang Foom. I oh, haven't yeah. been able to keep up with the MCU. I really haven't. I yeah. left off at tough the days. first Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, I can't see nine movies a year. I just, yeah. like, I have <laughs> kids much. to feed. I, yeah. yeah. Can't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, so that's Fin Fang Foom. So uh, we got Patrick Cole, who says, Breath of Fire to Nina. 
Um, and it looks like Captain Supreme also says Nina from Breath of Fire too. So, uh, and they say, imagine a character like Storm with high aerial mobility and elemental specials with assists like Captain Commando. Okay, so the cor- so the Captain Corridor, <laughs> uh, which is like <laughs> what, what, one of the best assists in the game, basically. Uh, except it's dragons and a battle cat and an armadillo man. <laughs> um, so instinctively, when they say battle cat, I can't help but think He Man, and now I want He Man and Skeletor to be in a more oh, nice. game. <laughs> The did mighty Capcom... battle cats. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me see. Did Capcom ever make a He-Man game? Looks like that's oh, a God. no. I mean, there have been few um, He-Man games in history. Don't even get me started on He-Man. Right. I mean, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, um, yeah, I love that uh, multiple people were like uh, Nina, but Breath of Fire 2 Nina, mm. who... It seems like Breath of Fire fans, myself included, are like, that's the most interesting Nina. Um, she's the one with black wings. She's ostracized from her kingdom. Mm. Um, there's a lot. Darker there, Edge. Uh, yeah. It's a, and she's more like the black mage rather than the white mage in the other mm. versions. Of the character. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, costume design is great. I don't know if you're a huge Breath of Fire fan, but. I haven't again, really gotten like, to the series, though. No? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I should Some get into them. I mean, at least, least try it, but I just haven't gotten a chance to. Yeah. Yeah. The first one's a little on the rough side. Um, and the second one is too, but the three is, is one of the best JRPGs mm. on the PS one in my opinion. Okay. So, anyway, uh, Matt WBT with more breath of fire references. He said breath <laughs> of fire to cockroach. <laughs> mm. I'm guessing this is a character named cockroach and not an actual cockroach. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there there's multiple roaches that you can fight in this game but when you it's like a really early boss fight where you fight like a humongous like this cockroach is like twice as big as your characters um really great art sprite art by uh by capcom as well mm. but uh that's just a yeah that's a great joke there. <laughs> cockroach nice. Yeah. Uh, then there's a man in red who says Lancelot from Knights of the Round, uh, which is a great beat em up game for sure. Yeah, um, I am kind of curious, though, as far as like what the rights look like, I guess, for a character like Lancelot. I'm guessing he's public domain, but um, I'm not entirely sure. Hopefully. On yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it might depend on. Well, certainly there's the there's the Disney sword in the stone type stuff that you probably can't touch that version. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the, I think it was TH White's, uh, the sword in the stone. I'm not sure if that's in public domain yet, but definitely like the, the actual, like Arthurian legend stuff is so I don't, yeah. Uh, that's a cool mention though, to me, cause Knights of the round never got any representation mm. in this series. So far as I know, totally. Um, yeah. And then last one here from non Trotsky. This is a brutal, brutal question. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but if I can only choose three, it's got to be Lynn Kurosawa. And that's where I stopped reading. Uh, Cause Lynn. <laughs> I don't right, care what your other two are. Like, no, no, no. I mean, like in a good way. Like I was just yeah. like, I, I already passed out, woke up in the hospital. They resuscitated yeah. me from shock. Uh, right. Yeah, the the Alien versus Predator uh, Capcom beat 'em up is so oh, so right. that's, good. That's the redheaded chick in that one, right? 
Yeah, well, she had. Uh, depends on the art that you're looking at. She had uh, brown oh, hair her. in the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, she was a really cool design, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and she, you had like the the guy who's like, I guess this is Arnold from Predator, and <laughs> she was like, I guess this is Ellen Ripley from Alien. If like she was a cyborg and a ninja. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what a cool reference. That's that's deep right there. That's a good one. Um, yeah. 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 And he also said Gene from God Hand and The Killer Seven, who would all be one shape changing character. I know that's cheating, but I'm doing it anyway. I mean, no, I mean, that, that I mean, I think that would be totally fair in terms of like with uh, with Killer Seven, just because you could basically make him into like a Shang Tsung type character effectively. So, yeah, I, I don't see there why not. Go. Yeah. Yep. Do it. That's awesome. Capcom. Do it. <laughs> uh, last comment here. This is from Breakman90, who said, I knew most of the Capcom roster, but MVC2 was my introduction to a bunch of Marvel characters. When I saw Doctor Strange recently, I was delighted to see what seemed to be <laughs> Shuma Gorath. Mm. I still have no idea what the deal is with Amingo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone does. No. Although, <laughs> Just wanted yeah. to end on that note of like Amingo is wacky. Yeah, although there there is uh you know there was a semi semi small movement online to bring Amingo back in some capacity in some form from Capcom. Um, I remember even going to uh, like one of the last Pax Wests I went to. Someone was carrying around an Amingo sign and said like "Bring back Amingo." Basically, I was like, "That's, that's just awesome." So yeah, you want to talk about it. ethnic slurs like that? <laughs> <laughs> Such a Mingo. What? Yeah, you look at this character. This is like, yeah. I, I'm sure somebody out there in the wide world is offended that Amingo exists, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's it, yeah. They, there's there's some cool stuff. I really liked the the original characters in here. I thought Ruby Heart was a great design as well. Yeah, um, Ruby Heart was cool. I mean, like the you know the whole pirate chick like motif is just like a cool design in general. I mean, same thing with like B. Janet in uh, in the Garrow uh, Garrow Mark of the Wolves is also a cool design. That's also like the pirate girl like kind of like you know kind of like design. Um, so Ruby Hart is like, it's definitely in there and also like, you know, obviously she has booze or she drops down a treasure chest, open, you know, it like opens up little ghosts come out. So yeah, you can't, you know, you can't beat that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the strength of these OCs here in MVC two is they felt like they could have been in some Capcom game that we just didn't know about, you know? Yeah. Um, they had that kind of Capcom flair to them. So Excellent stuff. Well, folks, there's been a lot of audience questions and comments here. If you want to ask a question or share a comment to get a mention on the show, keep an eye out on my Twitter at the Well Red Mage, where I announce the topics for each Mage cast episode in advance. You could also email me at the Well Red Mage at gmail.com. Nobody does, but um, it's there. <laughs> If that's you, mom, if you're listening, <laughs> please, please, yeah. please email me, mom. <laughs> Just let me know you're well. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I should call my mom after this. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so relying on email. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, David, it's been a pleasure talking with you, dude. Uh, I definitely yeah. learned a lot. Um, that's always my hope with these. Uh, that, not that just I would learn something. That's always a plus. Um, <laughs> but that people listening will try games out that they've maybe never tried before. Or they'll learn something about a game that they, they already know really well. Um, so thanks for being here, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a real pleasure. And I'm glad that we got to jump on here together and uh, talk video games, even though it's not Chrono Trigger, but I'm sure that'll happen at some time <laughs> down the road. I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've talked plenty of Chrono Trigger on this show, but 
you know me and Chrono Trigger, so you know the door is open. <laughs> okay, okay. So I kid you not. Oh, well, for one, we've already done three episodes on Chrono Trigger. I did a trilogy, uh, back wow. to back on that. Yeah. Um, but hey, it's gonna be it's a long podcast. Um, the remake. So <laughs> yeah. Well, like <laughs> the remake, <laughs> Magecast HD. Um, <laughs> There's 1080p no, in 4k yeah, it's a podcast <laughs> um, you know what i mean in 15 episodes i'm going to be coming up on our 100th episode and i have no idea what i want to do for that maybe um i really should just you know have kind of mini conversations with people about chrono trigger and put together kind of a, a collage episode on uh, on this game that so many people. I mean, you're not the first guest by a long shot who has been like, and by the way, if you ever want to talk about Chrono Trigger. Right, right. Yeah. And then the other running gag is that um, you can't make it through an episode of Magecast without mentioning Chrono Trigger. You just did it for me this time, <laughs> which, is, which is great. <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. Um, so, I, yeah. I, and, 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 um, and by the way, we can add uh, Chrono and Frog into... Uh, it's a Mar- Marvel Four as well, so Marvel vs. Capcom Four. Oh Frog. my goodness! There you go. Marvel vs. Capcom yeah, somebody... Square. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who was saying like it would have been you know cool to get something on this caliber like MVC Two. I know they did you know DC versus Mortal Kombat, but mm-hmm. um, it would have been really cool to see like DC versus Square, um, and yeah. just kind of have the the comics brought together. I think the ultimate crossover would be Marvel versus DC. But good luck. <laughs> I mean, we're already kind of seeing like these crazy crossovers these days. I mean, obviously with Smash Brothers, but also with multiverses, which has been kind of uh, been like the hotness these days. Um, I mean, they're adding LeBron James as a character in there, so maybe, you know, <laughs> to fight like Bugs Bunny and Batman and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, bizarre, bizarre. Uh, well, man, hey, uh, if you could let our listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Guilty Man. It's D A G I L T Y M A N. You can also find my voiceover website if you want to check out my, my voiceover work at davidsaysthat.com. And uh, yeah, otherwise, I look out for my work. Uh, you know, just, you know, be sure to look out for Mato Anomalies, uh, the game that I've been working on. Uh, look out for any audiobooks I'll be releasing. Uh, look out for any books I'll be releasing as well. Um, and any other projects uh, which will be uh, coming out and be announced on those uh, social media channels. So, yeah, that's me. Right on, right on. And we will catch you next time, David. Hey, if I do that Chrono Trigger 100th episode, <laughs> I, will, I will definitely ring you up. Sounds good, man. <laughs> hey, you know what? Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you did, here's a few things you could try next. You could browse our library and check out another episode. You might even spot one of your favorite games that we covered. You could leave a review or rating on your app of choice, which would really help the show out. You could visit Patreon if you want to financially support my multi-work concept across the internet. And finally, you can join the broader conversation on our Discord community. There's links for you in the description. This episode may be over, but the legend will live on. Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons. <laughs>